Hello folks, this episode of the podcast is sponsored by TempRocket. TempRocket is a unique, powerful online solution for finding and booking temporary staff. Harnessing the power of online technology, the platform transforms temporary staff recruitment by bringing the three key players, hirers, agencies and contractors together in one place to deliver a quicker, more efficient solution of all parties 24-7. TempRocket incorporates an innovative innovative online bidding system through which hirers and agencies compare details and costs, then bid for a contractor with the option of making a counter bid, accepting or declining an offer until they find the ideal candidate. Making life easier for contractors and freelancers, creating more business for agencies and simplifying the recruitment process for the hirer. TempRocket's a win-win-win. Please visit temprocket.com for more information. We are also sponsored by Ultimate Add-ons. Ultimate Add-ons are the premium manufacturer of mobile phone and action camera mounting solutions for motorcycles. With a kit for any bike and a proven track record of creating products that keep your devices safe, secure and easily accessible, the Ultimate Add-ons product range is ideal for any rider from the commuter to the -the round-the-world adventure. I've done that. Why shell out on an expensive GPS system when you could use your smartphone, keeping it charged and within reach to take photos of your travels at the same time? Ultimate add-ons, waterproof, shockproof and dustproof tough cases are available for all flagship smartphone models and are designed by riders for riders. Find out why Ride Magazine gives Ultimate Add-ons their coveted Best Buy certification. Keep riding this winter with Ultimate Add-ons. It's all about the journey. And folks, if you use checkout code TEAPOT110, that's the number 10, TEAPOT1 with the number 10, at checkout you'll get 10% off. Head to ultimateaddons.com. Right, folks, this episode, well, what can I say about this guest? Ben King. If you've never heard of him, get ready for a hell of a ride. If you know Ben King, you'll know what's coming. Folks, we did this chat over Zoom. The internet connection wasn't particularly great over at Ben's end, but he was filming it with a camera and audio. So we have both sides of the conversation in perfect quality. However, the connection when we were talking was in and out a lot of the time. So the the conversation's a little bit stop-start in places. But as ever with Ben, it's entertaining. Sit back, relax, and enjoy it. Here we go. Oh, that's right. Speaker, boom. Right. Set that. You got me now. Yes. That was Yay! it. That was it. Hello. <laughs> Hello. Yes. <laughs> that was it. It was a Zoom preference, not the Mac preference. It's always one oh little my. button, isn't it? <laughs> that is just insane. Oh my gosh. Hello. How's it going? <laughs> awesome, mate. It's really good to see you again. Really good. How are things? <laughs> Mate, so, so good. Oh my word, it's been, <laughs> wow, it's been a bad year, <laughs> but it's Sadly. been good. Sadly. Oh no, I just realised, I forgot to put on my, um, I was supposed to put on my, my biking leather jacket to start the video, just so <laughs> people would think I was a really cool biker. <laughs> there we go, there we go. <laughs> okay. I literally, I bought this new jacket when I got my new bike. I bought this jacket and it's so nice. I, would have, I, I literally, I, went, I went to the pub every day now. Well, when we were allowed to go to the pubs. Yeah, exactly. So people, yeah. Think, so people think, oh, wow, he's got a leather jacket. He must be a biker. <laughs> <laughs> Never mind what you've actually accomplished, but, you know, yeah. What jacket is that, it. man? That is, that's the, nice looking, that. I literally, I got it from Urban Rider. It's, mm-hmm. the, it's the Merlin something. The Merlin... <laughs> 
I know, but it's... I basically... Oh, yeah, hold on. <laughs> I literally went into Urban Rider, showed them a photo of my bike I was about to buy, yeah. the, 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 the Bonneville 200 in black. Mm-hmm. And I said, this is what I'm buying. I want you to dress me so that I look really cool <laughs> like Steve McQueen. And they were like, okay, great. And literally they picked this, some boots, yep. some black boots and some black jeans. And I literally, I bought it all in seconds. And they were like, this is the easiest sale ever. And I just bought it all and I was like, I look so cool. Because <laughs> all, all my gear obviously is out in Pakistan still. Um, oh God, yeah. So I, so I had to buy all new biking gear. Um, and honestly, I love it. It's just, although now I'm hot, I'm going to take it off actually now, I'm hot, but, <laughs> but yeah, it's amazing. It's but you've so made, cool. you've made the statement. You've made the impression. There we go. Folks, oh, if, uh, if you've not yet guessed, we've got uh, Ben King as this week's guest. And um, how can I describe you, Ben? <laughs> ben was a 22-year-old lad who set off around the world two years ago, 2018, wasn't it? It was 2017. 2017, three years yeah. ago, to uh, ride around the world, and you were thinking, what, about a year, year and a half, wasn't it? Something like that, you were oh, thinking? No, no, so initially, I, right. I, said it, I said it would take about five to six years. Um, okay. And, but if, if, I wanted to get, if I wanted to get this world record, mm-hmm. uh, I had four years to do that, um, which is plenty of time to go around the world. Uh, but then obviously that, that didn't happen. <laughs> well, well, we'll get into that because there's loads of questions. I mean, there are loads of questions, mate. There's a lot. I've had a quick look. Normally, I don't look through the questions just so we get a good sort of honest answer to them. But there's yeah, been yeah. a lot and there's a lot of repeat questions. So generally, oh, what people are asking is, what's happened? Where have you been? What's going on? <laughs> So, how about I throw the floor open to you, just as a, you know, tell us your name, who you are, yeah. what's your name, where'd you come from, and what have you done? Brew dog, right. like it, brother. Oh, mate, this is awesome. <laughs> Basically, oh wait, before, before, before we go, so I, it's been such a crazy, like, past two months, so... Oh, you've gone. I've, you've I've frozen got, I have this, me, but then I can't have anything more, because uh, I have to have the alcohol-free one, because I'm on... Um... You've frozen. Oh, no. Am I back? Yeah, you come oh, back now. Right, you're back. Oh, boom. Sweet. But yeah, oh yeah, so I was, um, yeah, this is like the only one I can have of the alcohol version. Because um, I'm, anti- I'm on antibiotics at the moment. Because um, oh. I literally, about, I mean, it's been a crazy two months. So obviously a month ago, me and my entire family all get the coronavirus, um, mm-hmm. and I'm, which is mad. I, and I lose my taste and smell for like almost six weeks. Wow. Um, and my taste came back uh, a few days ago. My smell still hasn't returned, but my taste came back, which is great. I could finally taste again. And I was like, this is great. Um, I was like, great, I want to roast dinner with my favorite foods. And then like a day later, um, I get an abscess in my, <laughs> in my gum. And now and I can't get an appointment for, doc- for the dentist for like two weeks or whatever. So they, they've just given me antibiotics for like two weeks until I can get seen. Yeah. So I'm dealing with this. So I can only have like one alcohol one. And then I've got to have this like, I've got to have this one. This is like the... the the, this one here, the Punk AF alcohol-free one. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and What's oh my like? gosh, it is disgusting. It's awful. <laughs> <laughs> it's so good job bad. I'm not sponsored by Brudel. <laughs> is it? Is it not good? Oh, that's that's so bad. So I have that one and the Nanny State one, which is somewhere right. over there. Um, and uh, yeah, it's it's oh, it's it's just the worst. So I'm gonna have, I'm gonna save this one that I can have, and then I've got to be good after that. But um, but uh. 
Yeah, what was I saying? I've literally, was that a question? I don't know. Uh, yeah, question? it was basically, I'll throw the floor open to you, yes. who you are, <laughs> yeah. where'd you come from, what you do. Sweet. Okay. Just Hello. introduce yourself to anybody Hello. who's never heard of you. Okay. Um, hi, I am, hi I'm, I'm Ben King. Um, I am a supermarket delivery driver. Uh, <laughs> um, how old am I? I am 20, I'm 24. Um, I'm from Hertfordshire, just north of London. I tell people I'm from London when I'm travelling, but really, I'm from Hertfordshire, which is not in London. Londoners get very offended by that. Um, what else? What else is there? Uh, is this a little trip that you've been on? on, on, a, on a oh, yeah, oh, yeah, oh, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. So, so basically, so for, um, basically, long story short, when I was, uh, for the, when I was uh, 17, I was in, in, in school, um, everything was going well. I was in sixth form or like college, maybe, if that's if you're if there's any American viewers out there. Hi, what's up, guys? Um, and uh, and then and I was I just passed a driving test. I was an awful driver. Three weeks after passing my test, I crashed my car really badly. And I mean, it could have been a lot worse. The police said you're all so lucky to be alive. I felt so guilty, and I realised like it's cliche as it sounds. I realised life is short. I've got to travel, so I dropped out of school. So I decided to not go to university, which is what I was going to do. I was going to have a normal life. I dropped out of school and then basically spent the part the next, um, like, what is it, six or seven years riding bikes around the world. So when I first set off, I, when I was 17, um, I set off, I went to Asia first, spent a year or so touring around from Indonesia up to northern Vietnam. Uh-huh. And then I then lived in Vietnam for a bit. Then I did... Central South America, so I did Nicaragua and got a bike and then went from Colombia down to Brazil. Um, and that was, I was on like local little bikes, like 125s and stuff. Uh, although I did have a, an F650 GS in, for a few months in Colombia and Peru, that was cool. But I crashed that. Gotcha. Um, and then, so I did all that stuff and then, then came back to England. Someone showed me the long way around. And I was like, oh, that looks like a cool thing. Um, and then decided I wanted to do a big trip, like on, a, on my own proper bike and whatever. And, have all the panniers like tour tech stuff and be really cool. Um, yeah. And uh, did that, and then that was that. So that, that and that trip, I decided to document it on social media because all my other trips, I hadn't done anything online. I just done it myself. So this one, I'll, I'll document it and post on stuff. And so yeah, I did London to London to the China border, Pakistan, uh, and that was a journey that took uh, ooh, almost two years, I think, in the end. Uh, from and. I mean, most people go around the world in like eight months, uh, eight, eight, maybe two years. I don't know. It's going to be two mm. years since I get this to get to China. And so, yeah. Yeah, but you enjoyed it though, man. Oh my word. It was epic. Honestly, it was great. If I rushed it, I would have missed so much. I mean, was it was it six months, to, six months to get out of Europe, I think, in the end. Wow. Um, and I, I thought I'd be in Australia by in six months. And maybe, you know, it's just crazy. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Unbelievable. So the latest one then, this this latest trip that you've been on, you sort of, even before the whole COVID thing happened, you, you sort of dropped off the radar for lo- yeah, big yeah. swathes so of time. I, what what's been going I, I on? Got what's to, been I got to Pakistan and uh, mm-hmm. absolutely love Pakistan. End up spending uh, over half a year, I think maybe in in in, 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 in Pakistan. Um, wow. <laughs> it was just epic and I just kept so I got I got my obviously the Pakistan visa you have to get it in the country you're born in or your passport's from so uh, I basically every basically on the trip basically every visa I got ended up expiring and I had to reapply for it or whatever <laughs> I had so much basically what I realised right I'm sure you maybe you'll agree I don't know travelling around the world is so easy 
It's literally, all you do is get on your bike and ride. But it's Absolutely. the visas. That's mm. the only thing that causes problems. If it wasn't mm. for visas, carnets and all that, honestly, it's so easy. Everyone would do people it. Always say, literally, yeah. And people always say, oh, gosh, it must be just incredible. You ride around the world. And I'm like, no, listen, anyone could do it. It's like, it's just, it's, all you do is get on your bike and ride. Like, it's just insane. But yeah. it's just the visas that cause the problem. Um, so, yeah, I had so much unluck with, uh, you know, bad luck with visas and stuff. But yes, it's been six months in, um, six months in Pakistan. And I kept extending my visa. It expired. I'd extend it. This went on for like three, four times. Mm-hmm. I think on the fourth time, I had to extend it again. And they say, listen, I'm really sorry, but you've maxed out this yeah. visa. You can't max out this visa anymore extending it. You have to get a brand new visa. I said, great, just give me a new visa then. That'd be awesome. Because I know you've got to apply for this one in your home country. I was like, no. It's ridiculous, isn't it? And so I was looking around, trying to find ways around it. And um, I thought maybe if I could fly to like a neighboring country and get it there or whatever, but no, they wouldn't sort, sort me out. But although saying that, I mean, I, I got six months out of Pakistan, which is pretty amazing. <laughs> and I'm pretty sure they didn't charge me for any of my any of my extensions either. Wow. So I basically just stayed there for free because they were just so lovely. They were just great. Mm. It was awesome. So, um, <laughs> so I was like, well, what are my options? My option is to either cross the border to India or leave the bike in Pakistan and fly home. So I went to cross the border, to, I got on my bike from the hall, went to the Amritsar, the Wagga border, um, mm-hmm. yeah, to cross into India, got there, got, got into that like, no man's land bit, and then I suddenly realized when I got to the next official, they said, oh, we can't let you into India because your visa for India's expired. And I was like, you're kidding, no. I'd literally got a whole year visa for India to be safe. And even that one year visa, I still managed to mess up. <laughs> And, it wasn't Ben King proof. Literally, it expired as well. So I was like, this is unbelievable. So I'm like, I had to go back into Pakistan, back to Lahore. But now I'm really screwed. But luckily, the guy I was staying with, um, Hadbai, who's him and his amazing family, um, he said, listen, we'll look after your bike for you. You can head back to England, get your visa and fly back. I was like, great. And it was literally, this whole happened in the space of like, like literally six hours come back from the border i was like right i need to i, I gotta leave my, my visa for pakistan's about to expire i gotta leave straight as soon as possible really before midnight mm. um and wow. uh so quickly i was like right so I'm, and i'm thinking looking at flights back to england and i thought wouldn't it be cool to have like a little uh i've always wanted to go to dubai and i bet oh, that was it no i got i got i got i got a message i got a message from some some someone on, on instagram from dubai being like hey mate You'd, you know, would love to host you if you ever come to Dubai. And I was like, I'm sorry, man, I'm, it's not on my route. I'm heading east to India. And then mm. I, I literally sent the message and was like, hang on, Dubai? What if I just go and see him now? So I quickly replied to him again and said, hey, mate, I changed plans. Hey, well, actually, what if I see you this evening? I'll see you tonight. Um, and he's like, oh, okay, sweet. Yeah, I'll pick, up, I'll pick you up from the airport. I was like, sweet. So <laughs> Seriously? I went, I went up to, um, I went up to, I think it's Air Blue, I think it's the airline that goes via Pakistan and Dubai. And it's like, right. it's like a bunch, kind of like the, the Ryanair, I think, of mm. the UK or EasyJet, whatever. So I went to the Air Blue and found this dirt cheap flight leaving in a few hours to uh, Dubai. And I was like, that's it, I'm, get, I'm getting, I'm getting, I'm getting, I'm getting on it. So literally, within like, after being half a year or so in Pakistan, I had to suddenly pick up everything and, and leave. Um, and uh, and so we've got this plane to Dubai. Uh, everything's all still at this guy's house. I'm thinking I'm going to be back, you know, in a few weeks' time, maybe. Had an amazing time in Dubai with these guys, um, a riding club over there. Um, that was awesome. And then went to Moscow. 
uh, my back, and then and then eventually <laughs> came back to England. Uh, you stopped England by and, uh, Moscow on the way back to the UK. Oh, you've gone again. Yeah, so you yes. went via Moscow on the way back, as you do. Yeah, basically, it, it worked out. It worked out really cheap. It was going to be like I forget how much it would be to go from from Pakistan to England. It would have been I don't know, like six hundred quid or something. But to fly from Pakistan mm. to Dubai was like less than hundred quid, and then to go wow. to Moscow was like also less than hundred quid, and then I'm pretty sure it was Moscow to London. The shortest journey was actually the most expensive part. Which is slightly over hundred quid. So I ended up spending like, like pretty much nothing to get back to England. Like half of what it would have been if I had wow. flown directly. Yeah, yeah. And yeah, I got like yeah. two holidays from it as well. So <laughs> that was awesome. And uh, oh, you're came back, frozen came again. Back to England. You're frozen. No, but you can't right, see. You're back. Yes, you yes. Know, you've come back. Like I've, that, got, I've got your picture. It's like that scene from Titanic. Is anybody alive out there? <laughs> Can anybody hear me? <laughs> anyway, um, what were they saying? Uh, I don't even know what I was saying. Um, oh, what were they saying? Uh, oh yeah, that was it. Came back to England from uh, from Moscow, um, and um, and uh, yeah, went to apply, and I came back to England and applied for my Pakistan visa so I could fly back and continue my trip. Applied for the visa, yeah, and didn't hear anything for like a few weeks, which is really strange because the first time I applied for my Pakistan visa, they literally gave it to me the same day like I, mm-hmm. I had a meeting with the high commissioner and he literally said he said I'll give you your visa on one condition that you write an article about your experience in Pakistan when you get back to England oh, and no. I was like yes 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 of course I'll do that so he literally gave it to me on the day winning um, all I had to do was was write an article for him so I had this article all written out when I was heading back f- from Pakistan on the plane written the ma- all, like a, written an article about how amazing Pakistan was which is all true mm. Went to the High Commissioner to try and get a sword, and the High Commissioner had changed. It was a new High Commissioner. No. I was like, no! And this new guy did not, he didn't know what, he didn't want to do it. <laughs> so he said, I'm did really sorry, not? but you're going to have to go through the, he said, I'm really sorry, you're going to have to go through the regular, the regular channels. Um, I, re- I really hope that the High Commissioner doesn't watch this and I get him in trouble. Hopefully, by the way, if you're watching this High Commissioner, yeah. <laughs> awesome. Um, but anyway, and I had to go through the regular <laughs> channels through um, through Jerry Jerry's visa service, you know, in Stratford. And um, okay, so I was like, okay, so I went through, I went through that, sent it all off, and I hadn't heard nothing for like a few weeks. So I thought, that's weird. So I called him up because I said it, I thought it was going to be pretty quick. Still yeah. nothing. And then a month a month goes by, still nothing. Um, and then I'm thinking, this is weird. So I tried to get through to them. They said, oh, yeah, there's a bit of backlog. We'll sort it out. Two months goes by. Still nothing in three months. I'm thinking this is really strange. Like I got it within a day last time. Three months. But three months goes by, and then they said, "Oh yeah, sorry, we've had some. They've they'd had a religious festival, which had closed things down for a few weeks, and all these things have happened. It would be bad timing, but still, that's a bit. That's a long time. So, I, uh, I think in the end, I needed my passport for something, so I ended up having to get my passport back and reapply again. Um, So reapplied, and then. That one then got rejected straight away. That visa application got rejected straight away. And then I was like, okay, this is great. I then tried my other passport, because I've got, got the British and the yeah. Irish passport. Yeah. That, um, and then I realized basically that, so the, in the, what the issue was, was the Indian stamp in my passport was causing issues. Because I was in Pakistan, wow. India. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. Was, whereas the, I didn't realize the first time I applied for the, part, for the visa, 
the Indian stamp, I hadn't got it yet. I think yeah. I got the Indian after Pakistan. And India didn't care. Yeah. They gave me the visa, whatever. But Pakistan are quite wary about this kind of stuff, mm, which is, yeah. I mean, understandable. I mean, they, you know. Um, and then, yes, yeah, so that got rejected. And then, so I had to apply again. And but I didn't realize that both, by this point, both passports, because all my visas had, had expired on my trip, I had like Indian stamps in, 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 both, in both passports. Like a complete idiot. Unbelievable. <laughs> um, so it was all just a complete shambles, and I couldn't use any of my passports. Um, and, uh, Anyway, this went on for months and months and months. And then eventually, uh, fast forward, I think I, I think I gave up for like a few months. I was just fed up of just constantly trying to get it sorted. Um, and then, and then um, this, all, the guys at Royal Enfield, uh, Cooper B up in Nottingham, they gave, they gave me a motorbike to uh, just to have while I was in England, just to get around. Because my bike was stuck out there and I was missing riding. So yeah. they gave me a bike. Which was really cool, and I was able to do like I went down to Cornwall, Devon, and Wales, and Norfolk, and explored all sort of parts of the UK I've never been to before, on this on this uh, on the Himalayan, which is amazing. That was so much fun, and it's crazy how like you go around the world, but you never see places like on your doorstep. Absolutely, yeah, definitely, definitely. I'm um, trying to see a little bit more of the UK now, but uh, obviously we're all locked down. So, but that is my plan is to try and explore a lot more around the UK. But anyway, sorry, yeah. I interrupt. Oh no! no, no. Yes. <laughs> and, so um, that's where you are now, then. But yeah, oh yeah, so that was it. So anyway, so yeah, I eventually, then I then I had to give the bike back to Royal Enfields. Although I say, <laughs> that's a loose term. Uh, when I say I gave the bike back oh, to you, them, you I actually destroyed again, right? their you... bike um, uh, because no, I just did kept, you? Yeah, I, I kept. I destroyed the clutch um, because I, I kept taking it onto the beach. <laughs> 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 it was so bad. I was so embarrassed. I thought they were going to kill me, but they were actually so cool about it. They were so nice. Um, um, so I'm so glad. So Ian or Jack Cooper, if you watch this, I love you guys. I'm so glad you're not angry at me for destroying your bike. Um, uh, but wait, oh, or actually, wait. Let's maybe let's, let's not put that in the video because then if any company wants to give me a bike, feel free. Uh, I don't destroy bikes. I, I take care of bikes. Um, so yes. <laughs> Basically, yeah. If, listen, if anyone out there wants to give me a bike, I'll put, I'll I promise I won't ride it on the beach. <laughs> what was that? What was that <laughs> bit about the beach? What did yeah, you say about I, the beach? If, if anyone wants to give me a bike, oh no! If anyone wants to give me a bike, I promise I won't ride it on the beach, and I'll be really careful, <laughs> and I won't burn out the clutch, and I'll stay on the roads. Okay, I'll like where I belong. Um, so. So yeah, it was that, that was awesome. I'm so glad they gave me bikes to have a bit of freedom while I was here. Mm. Um, and I started going crazy. Like it's, I don't know if you, to go from, I'm mean, sure you, I mean, yeah, you, you'll know more than everyone. Cause I, I heard, I heard on the grapevine, Bruce, that apparently you, you also went around, you went around the world, I think. No, no. What I did is I, I rode to Dover on a, on a GS and um, got myself a coffee. That's what I did. Yeah. <laughs> Very good, very good. I'm well, not talking you, about it anymore. You, you, you managed to do what I completely failed to do. I mean, I, I literally only made it like on a globe, like like this match. Yeah, but but well, there's two things there, Ben. One is we've had COVID, so we didn't have that when I did it. And the other one is I'll guarantee you, you've probably seen a damn sight more of the countries you've gone through than I did. So you know, I wish, I wish I was in a position to to travel the way you travel. Because that's the way to do it. That's proper yeah. adventure travelling. I guess. I mean, it would, it would have been great to have in coronavirus to say I'd completed the trip. But mm. um, 
But who, I mean, if, if I'd known this, if I'd known this was going to happen, I would have raced around the world to get it done. Um, but obviously, you know, hindsight's a beautiful thing. Um, but I guarantee but, um, you'd regret. You'd regret that. You would regret. Oh, that. I actually really. I I think you're right. I genuinely would. Like, I'm so glad that I took my time because um, the, the trip's not over yet. I always will get on the player, but the trip is not finished yet. I literally will. I will finish it. So basically, yeah. Long story short, I was waiting for this visa. Um, it took so long to come through. And then in, I think you know where the story's going, in February, March of this year, um, after like three or four attempts of getting this visa sent off for uh, mm. processing, I finally got the, that beautiful call from uh, the visa center saying your visa is ready to collect. Oh. And I was like, yes. And this was, um, but they said, they said you have to wear, this is right at the, right at the beginning. You have to wear, a, they said you have to wear a face mask when you come to collect it. Mm-hmm. And there's this video of me going down Stratford High Street with my camera being like, hi, guys, I'm picking up my visa now, but I've got to get, have this face mask on for some strange reason. Um, yeah. Not sure why. And I'm like really excited. And I pick up my visa and I'm all buzzing after waiting like yeah. a year or so almost to get this sorted. Um, and then, yeah, literally I got my visa and then a week, was it? No, it was less, it was less than a week later. The whole world went into into lockdown and I was like, well, this is pointless. I even got, I got new tires. I got loads of new gear to bring back. It was all, it was all by the front door. And then I and then I had to ditch it all. So what's, what's the state of play then with your? Do, do your visas just run out as normal then, or are they going to give you some sort of concession because of the current situation? <laughs> oh, I wish. I wish. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> but but, the, but the, even funnier, Bruce. Right? This sounds crazy. Is that I waited all this time for my visa to get back out, yeah. and that, and and literally just before coronavirus, fairly recently, Pakistan has introduced. The e-visa system, oh, which means you can get a visa online now. Happy days. So if that had been in place a year or over a year ago, I could yeah. have come back to England, got an e-visa, mm. flown back the next day. No, no passport sending off. None of that. It's Mate, so unla- I can't believe I, it. I can't believe I it. I am a firm believer in what's meant for you won't go by you. I, I don't. I'm not a religious man, but I just think there's so, there's something at play that makes the stars align and when someone's meant for you it happens you know you, you've got to keep yourself going on that path and keep going but if things are meant to work out they will i i just i just think it, it happens for some reason i don't know why so this is happening for some reason and then you'll be back there oh, but yeah but yeah, yeah i think you, it's, it's so true because actually as weird as it is i'm actually kind of um I'm glad that I'm here when it's all happened because if I'd gone back and then it had kicked off, I could have, you know, all that money on a flight that's paid to come back again or yeah. I could have been stuck somewhere where the healthcare maybe isn't the best. And also, especially as I as I actually got it, well, me and my whole family got it, you know, I realised just how serious it is because until that, you mm. sort of don't believe it's real. You sort of think, oh, is, it, mm. is this actually a real thing? Um, yeah. And I think, and I'm, and I'm so glad that I was here, not somewhere else when it happened. Um and also, you know, it's meant about also the planet, then always the plan from the start was five, six years to go around the world, roughly. Um, and I'll do it in stages. So I'll ride from London to Australia. When I'm in Australia, I'll work there for a year, then ship the bike to New Zealand and then to Argentina, ride up south, south, central North America. Mm. When I'm in Canada, work there for a year, save up the funds again to then do the next leg. And I was going to do it in, like, in stages then in Africa and whatever. Um, but actually, by because of all this, it means, basically means I can, I've been working now. Uh, and save. This is kind of like to save for the next stage. Yeah. Although saying that, I, 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 all the money I saved this this year, um, working as a uh, 
as a key worker. I don't want to brag, but uh, <laughs> I mean, some Where's people call keep? me some, some people call me a hero. I mean, if that's what you want to say, that's fine. I I'm not going to say, but I mean, I don't think that. I'm a humble guy. But if you want to call me a hero for delivering Waitrose supermarket food, I, I know that's that's cool. <laughs> It is what it is. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Did, oh God, Bruce, did you sometimes wonder, like, did you get worried that people who, I'm sure, I'm sure you find this from your videos, if they, if they haven't met you in real life or whatever, and you say things that are like clearly a joke or sarcastic, mm. but people take it seriously. Oh, massively. And, onli and online, they'll just hurl abuse at you. And you're like, mm. no, but, like it was a joke. Yeah. Oh. I, I get it. I get it. I get it in my vids more now than I used to, but then you know, the, the reach of the vids is growing, so the subscriber base is growing, so more people see the vids. But I, I get that, and, and that's why I that's why I love the podcast, because it's long-form content, you know, and it's it's not written down where you can take it however you like. You know, like if, if you yeah. were to text something or write something in a comment, then if you give that to five people, well, you'll get five different ways of how they interpret what you've written you know they, they might think that you're being sarcastic one might think you're being funny one might think you're being serious you know it's and i just prefer this where you can just like face to face have a conversation yeah, <laughs> and explain yeah, it, is, it. Is. <laughs> so you genuinely it's think brilliant. you're a hero then ben is that what you're telling me <laughs> Basically, I, I suddenly, I mean, yeah, basically, yes. Long story short, yes. I was so worried that people who were literal like NHS key workers were going to think, oh my gosh, this guy is such a, he's such a douche. <laughs> such a douche. <laughs> but yeah, so um, um, it's weird. So it's worked out really well. Um, you know, be able to you know save save up funds. Mm -hmm. Although I haven't been able to save now that I've literally just bitten the bullet and treat myself to this new bike, which is beautiful. Um, but yeah, I was literally all week this year, I was just waiting for the, the world to reopen so I could continue my trip, get this e-visa from the Pakistan website, which would take a day, and fly. Yeah. Um, and then as, as time's gone on, I started realising actually this could be, this could go on for longer than we think. Mm. Um, and so I thought, it's, it's always been my dream to have, even before I knew about bikes, even before I did all my trips, you know, I always loved the travel Bonneville. I don't know what it is about the Bonneville, I just loved it. And then I saw a great escape, obviously, and... That's not Bonneville, that's like more of a scrambler kind of where it is. Yeah, but it's, I can't you know, remember still, that. Is that 12, the 12, 1200 scrambler or something they had? I can't remember. Yeah, well, people shouting at the screen. Literally. Sorry. <laughs> Literally. And, uh, <laughs> and I, just, I, always, I always wanted it. And I was like, you know what? I'm, I'm in England. Like, I could be here for a while. There's no point, like, being miserable while I'm here. I might as well be happy. And I thought, you know what? I'm going to treat myself. And so I have. And I'm so I'm over the moon. Honestly, it's awesome. just... It's just a bit, but I want to go for a ride. But I mean, am I allowed? To, maybe you can answer this for me. Am I allowed to go for a ride? Is that allowed? Right, strictly, strictly speaking, <clears throat> strictly speaking, yes, you are allowed to go for a ride, as as recreationally. So you can go yeah. for a ride by yourself at the moment. Um, you can't do any gatherings. You can't meet at calves or do anything like that. But you can go out on your bike for a fairly local ride. Like you couldn't go up. Obviously, you couldn't get into Scotland. You couldn't go to Wales. You know, you, you have to stay fairly local. But how do they govern that? I've got no idea. But you are yeah. allowed to ride. Yeah. Forty-four Sweet. teeth went and spoke with a solicitor, Sweet. and they, they've put up on their social media oh, yeah, what the solicitor yeah, says. And yes, you are. You can ride. But then I'm there's the whole. Oh, can you hear me now? 
You got me? Oh yeah, you're back. There you go. There you go. You're right. back. You're back. Yes. Yeah. Back. But yes. then there's the there's the whole. I know. I know some other sort of YouTubey motor vloggers, and they're sort of taking the stance that it's not ethically right to be out riding because what if you crash and then there's implications on the emergency yeah. services and all this sort of stuff. But you know. This is my job now, so I I have some bikes lined up already, and the manufacturers are still happy to supply the bikes. So I'm gonna go out and I'm gonna review those bikes. So you know, but yeah, it's it's a choice down to you, really. At the end of the day, well, I said yeah, because I was I, I feel bad. I was in the first lockdown. I didn't have a bike at all. Um, but then, but now I've got a bike. I'm thinking like, I feel bad if something does happen, um, especially because I'm not exactly the best. Uh, bike rider in the world <laughs> just just keep it off the beach <laughs> but you know but it's you know as a as a as an essential key worker you know i need this bike to get to work and you need to de-stress exactly exactly it's from all the stress of so, delivering groceries what what are you going to do when when the world returns to some form of normality and you can travel back to pakistan are you gonna are you gonna ship the triumph out or are you gonna sell it or what are you gonna do I I it all actually, depends on how long, doesn't it? Yeah, I didn't even think that far ahead. I just, I, I, <laughs> you I surprised just, me, Ben. You surprised I me. Just, <laughs> I just bought the bike. I was like, you know what? I just want it. And then I realised that the bike, the bike the bike is worth... You know what? Actually, I actually realised. The, the bike is costs more than my entire trip cost me for two years. Is that bad? Wow. You're kidding me, does it? <sighs> Blimey! I just wow, realised well. <laughs> don't 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 think about it, Ben. Don't think about My it. My gosh! So you're basically, yeah. So I mean, the, the bike itself is worth three times what the Honda Serie F250 was. Yeah. Um, and I was that's, I, I that's the bike that that's currently in Pakistan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The Serie yeah, F250. Yeah. Honda Serie yeah. F250. Um, beautiful, lovely bike. Um, perfect, I mean, it's not perfect round the world bike, isn't it? Honestly, it's it's brilliant. I wouldn't do it in anything else. Well. I say that until I bought my lovely new Triumph T100. Now I'm thinking, well, wow. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, you know what? I, you know what? That's a good point. When um, when all this ends, yeah, what do I do with that? I mean, address that when it comes to it. Don't worry about it now. Just enjoy it for the time being. Who knows how yeah. long this is going to go on for? Well, that's Who it. knows? But honestly, it, knows? it would be quite cool. It would be quite a cool to um, to uh, to take the T100 on a little uh. On a little trip, maybe a, or a big trip. Wink. Mm-hmm. Um, As we, we know, see. any bike will go anywhere. But That's it. exactly it's things like the carney. You know, when you when you come to getting into Australia and stuff, you, the carneys. If you've got a high value bike, the carney costs oh. a fortune. Yeah, that's it. That's exactly it. Um, and also the and also with the with the two hundred, I'm looking at luggage at the moment for it, and obviously it's, it's soft, soft bags look best on it. Uh, but forget, I love forget functionality. Yeah, <laughs> what looks best. but I, but I, I, I love the boxes. Like I've always, yeah, uh, is a big debate. But I like the boxes because I can park up the bike, lock my stuff in there, and leave mm. the bike and go exploring. But I don't know if anyone out there has any tips or has a good idea for boxes I can lock on the bike that don't look awful, or soft bags that are lockable. That just let me know. Oh, actually, <coughs> I can tell thing. you. Oh, really? Can you? Oh, oh my gosh! Yes, yes. go go. Lone Rider. German company um, designed by I can't remember his is name, guy, but it's a chap Fred, who actually Fred, has been Fred, around the world on a bike. Is that Fred? Fred? Yes. Fred Schiffer. Yeah. Is it Fred? 
Schiffer? Schiffer? Is it Schiffer? Yeah, I can't for remember the, the surname. Yeah. But he's 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 done the Lone Rider range, which is I've got them on my GS on my tractor. They're soft bags. You can collapse them down if you want. You just take out the sort of semi-rigid. It's basically it's like a bit of plastic which you you fold out inside the bag, and that holds the bag in a you know in a in a box shape. But you can just take that out, fold it up flat, and then pull the bags flat if you want to. And these Sweet. these bags are lockable. They're 100% waterproof with the lining bag. They're stab-proof, so, you know, he's got videos of people trying to put screwdrivers through the bags, and they're resistant to the punctures. He's dragged them behind a flatbed truck along a track on a bike, got an old wrecked bike, put the bags on, put a, a tow rope to the front wheel of the bike, and then dragged it behind a truck at speed, and um, the bags have survived. So it's well worth having a look at. They're not cheap. But you might be able to wow. get you might be able to and get yeah. given them. Yeah, and, and what's the what's the mounting system? Is it is it the same mounting system as at the, base, as like at the moment? At the or... moment, at, at the moment, they they are permanently well, not permanently, but they are bolted to the frame to the rack. But they are working on a quick release system, so that will be ideal. <sighs> Because at the moment, once they're bolted oh. on, it's a bit of a pain in the arse to take the bags off. Yeah, yeah. So, but but they come with removable lining bags. So you just open the bags up yeah, and then pull it. the lining that's bags. Out. Job done. Yeah, because I used to leave I used to leave my boxes on my bike the whole time, uh, and then yeah. just take the little the little inner bags out. There you go. Oh, Check them out, Lone Rider. Okay, so if Lone Rider, if you're watching this video uh, and you want someone to try out your new adjustable, removable, everything that Bruce just said, um, please. Uh, you know what to find me. I'll, I'll, I'll tell you what. I'll I'll speak with I'll speak with my contact. Bit of business here, folks. Sorry. I'll speak with my contact, and um, if you want, I'll I'll give them your details, and if they want to take things further, they'll drop you a line. How about that? Ah, oh, awesome. Yes, it's like Christmas has come early. So <laughs> right, dude. Um, we could sit here and chat about your trip, my trip, other people's trips all all night, but. Um, there's a load of questions. So, oh, yeah. how do you fancy if we start tackling the questions and oh, see where yeah. it takes us? Sweet. Happy days. Right, folks, as usual, we'll start off over on Patreon with the clan. Uh, Patreon.com forward slash teapot one. First one, Paul Schofield. Hey, Ben, awesome to hear from you again. What have you been up to and any idea when or if you'll be able to finish a trip? Well, we've sort of covered a load of that. But uh, oh, you've, you've gone. Your audio's gone. <gasps> oh no! Oh, you're Can back. You you're back. Yes. You're back. Yes. 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 Um, I would say we've pretty much covered that, Ben. <laughs> yeah. Listen, it's yeah. It's, if, if you if, if you live in Hertfordshire and you order Waitrose products, then you'll be seeing me at your front door. That's what I. That's Watch what I've been the doing. sales boom. The boom now. <laughs> They'll boom. Right. Um, next one. Ah, the Missenden Flyer. How are we doing, Andy? <gasps> Hello, Andy. <laughs> Says, Cheers. top fella is Ben. Obvious question, when will you be back on the road? And a follow-up question, when will you be posting videos back on YouTube? Your <gasps> previous films were incredible. Really? Those are so boring. I fell asleep watching them. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's so kind of you to say, Andy. Thank you very much. Cheers. So, are you going to do anything on YouTube whilst you're back here in well, the UK? This, see, this is the thing. This is why I wish I was furloughed. Because if I worked for a company that worked, I don't know, say I worked for 
any, any company that was furloughed. Oh, I would have made such great use of being furloughed. I would have got so much stuff done. Um, and that's why it's annoying. It's annoying that, that I'm a key worker, but somebody has to feed the nation, you know. Okay, fine, I'll thank do you, it. Ben. Um, thank you, Ben. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Stop it. Stop it. Stop it. Stop it. Please stop it. No, please stop. Continue. Carry on. Um, and uh, so, honestly, I've got so much stuff done. And last year, when I was waiting for my visas to be processed, I was working constantly at Fuel My Footage. And I've got loads of videos all fully edited and ready to go. Yeah. But I haven't, I haven't posted them. I don't know why I've not posted them. Why not? Get on it. They've been ready, they've been ready for like two years. Two, some of them have been ready for like two years now. Um, and they've just been sat on my hard drive. Um, ben, I don't know ben, why. What are you playing at? Get them off them. I think I'm like, it's really strange because I went from, I went from traveling every day, you know, for, you know, two years of just constantly out on the road to then suddenly being at home, unable to travel. And it just made me, I don't know, it made me so sad that I, when I was in England and I was stuck in England, I know it was out of my hands, I couldn't travel. It just made me so sad. Every time I went up to look at my videos or look at my footage from my trip, mm. I'd be like, oh, this is so annoying. I want to be on the road again. Yeah, so part yeah. of me was kind of like, it's hard, it's hard to explain, but yeah it was like maybe yeah so but, uh, but now i'm thinking screw it like everyone's in the same boat now whereas last year it was just me who couldn't travel because of the visa mm. this year no one could travel so i kind of that's really bad but i feel a little bit better about it because i'm like no i'm not well, alone you've broken, no one else you've can travel. um so so yeah maybe i should You're definitely not alone brother away. absolutely there's no better time at the moment you know like Every, well, not everybody, but there's a huge swathe of people now sat at home watching YouTube. So get on it, get your content up there. Yeah, well, yeah. When I, when I, when I was when, when I had when we had the coronavirus last month and we were isolating, I had like four days or so that it was horrendous and I was so I couldn't do anything. I was exhausted in my bed, couldn't move. Then after that, I was totally fine. And uh, and yeah, and then that was great. I was just working through my footage, getting some more stuff done and learning new stuff on Adobe, whatever. And, uh, and I was loving it. And, uh, even, 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 um, my, I, I even, I even written a, a book as well. Um, Have you? and, uh, yeah, I, so I, I actually, I actually wrote this book like, year, like a year and a half, a year and a half ago, I think. Um, <laughs> and, and I, I have no one's, no one's seen it. I've not shown it to anyone. Um, the issue is, Somebody recently at the Overland event, um, someone was saying that apparently a first book should be like 100,000 words or something as a first um, first time author. My book is like close to 800,000 words. Um, 800,000 words. I know. I got so carried <laughs> away. And I was typing it. I was writing it as though I was talking to someone. So it's, yeah. like, it's, like, it's like, like a conversation. Like it's, it's, and it's, and trying, trying to, and it's, and the worst part is, is someone said to me, why don't you just send me a chapter and I'll, I'll proofread it. And I suddenly realized that I haven't got chapters. It's just one long chunk. No. So it's going to be an absolute nightmare to edit. It's just going to be awful. Oh, mate. <laughs> oh, my God. So it's got, it's like, it's like, it's like what, four, that's probably like four books, maybe. I don't know. Yeah. Well, but why, why not do that? Why not break it down into different books? But it's basically the book. The, yeah, the book basically is not just the the King of the Road trip, 
gosh, that sounds so pretentious. <laughs> <laughs> but it's it's like all my trips from when I was 17. So Asia, mm-hmm. North Africa, Central South America, all that. Uh, and yeah, I just got carried, got carried away. I was just, yeah. And then obviously did some more writing when I was in isolation. Um, but yeah, I got so much stuff to post, but I just haven't posted anything online. I don't know why. I need to, I need to like, do yeah. Um, maybe you're right. Maybe I'll do it. I'll do it. I'll get, I'll get it done. But oh, it's also... Gotcha. Also, I'm so busy being a key worker um, <laughs> that I, I, I it, you know, it's actually quite, all jokes aside, it actually is exhausting doing yeah, the is, driving. Yeah. Because especially now with everyone at home ordering online, the crates, you know, the, the, the van is full and it's, it's hard work every day, you know, nine hours a day. When you finish work, all you want to do is just rest and chill. Mm. And editing, you know, I love editing, but at the same time, it is also quite exhausting. It's hard work. You've got to be mm-hmm. concentrating. And it's hard to get that stuff done. And, and on my day off, all I want to do is just chill. So it's it's hard to get it done at the moment, but hopefully, oh, I, I, can, I, hopefully I can find some time. Yeah, I get you. Do, do you know um, Aaron, Aaron Mitchell? He would have been at yes, the Overland event the as well. He, he went around the world. <laughs> Yeah, lovely geezer. Well, he, I think, I'm not sure if he's still doing it, but he was he was a delivery driver for one of the supermarkets as well. That's what he's been doing. But he's still in the army. He's sort of part-time in the army as well. So he's sort of balancing that and the army and a load of other stuff. But you were saying it's really tiring, really tiring work. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it's, it's, yeah. Keep it's, working, mate. Keep working. Uh, Fair they, they do say, they do say that only the, so the strongest of people can can become a delivery driver for a supermarket. Um, that's I've, what they I've say. I don't that. say that. I noticed that's that when the eighty-year-old so. guy comes to deliver our groceries. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I end up carrying them in, but never mind. <laughs> right, next one. Um, David Hemmings, to you both. Whilst on your travels, what's been the best and the worst local food you've eaten? <sighs> Come on, you go first. Well, the, the, well this is this was on, on this trip. This was five six years ago when I was in northern Vietnam, and they they gave me the you have to bite in and eat the snake. Oh, um, oh no! And, they, and then they give you like a shot of um, snake's blood, and it's apparently like good luck. Uh, and I was like eighteen or nineteen at the time or so, and I was like, yeah, yeah, it's cool, I'll do it. And I did it, and I literally, I think I filmed myself. Oh, mate, doing it and frozen. literally threw up oh, and it's on camera it's awful you, what you did it and threw <laughs> up yeah, yeah so I, I did it filmed myself being like I'm really cool filming myself doing this threw up and it's all on camera and it's all awful and it's yeah never again that was uh, oh, but then, then on, on, the, on, on this trip my worst one was actually it wasn't bad food it was just in Pakistan I was I knew that in India you'd get Delhi Belly mm-hmm. but I didn't realise it would happen in Pakistan which kind of makes, of course it would, because it's used to be the same country. It's Punjab, it's all the same. Oh, she wait, I shouldn't say that. That was really bad. People were gonna, everyone's gonna <laughs> eat me alive. They're, they're not the same. They're not the same. They're not the same. They're different countries. Uh, anyway, moving on. We'll move that out. Um, anyway, so uh, um, yeah, yeah, I got um, food poisoning from some barbecue food in Pakistan. I mean, I mean, you can just look at me. I'm a skinny guy anyway, but I got so ill, I lost twenty-one kilograms. Which is what? In, yeah, twenty-one kilograms. I went How from like did you lose twenty-one kilograms? I know. I went from seventy-six down to fifty, whatever it is. I can't do the math. And 
it was you should see me. I mean, I mean, even now I look ill. I still, I'm still recovering now from it. It's taken me years to put the weight back on. But yeah, it was that was awful. That was like I hate you. I wish I had that problem. Just... <laughs> what did you eat? I need to eat some of that. <laughs> I'm nearly double your original weight. <laughs> God, no. Yeah, I'm twenty. I'm twenty stone five. I think at the moment. I need to lose about. I want to lose about three stone, but I'm not doing anything about it at the moment. Mate, go so, go to Pakistan. Honestly, go to Pakistan. <laughs> go to the Gymkhana in Lahore. Eat their barbecue food. It tastes amazing, yeah. but it will it will save you. It is the greatest. It will flush you out. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, what, what, what about you? What was the worst? What was the worst thing you ever had? I'm trying to think about bad food. Um, I mean. There's nothing that jumps out to me that I ate and thought that is repulsive. The the sort of salted cabbage and stuff that they eat in Russia, that that's a bit of an acquired taste, but it was alright. Wait, it's do they, okay. do they eat it, is it a snack or do they eat it as a as a meal? Well, well what I was to- told, uh, I sort of got friendly with these lads in Moscow, and they said, right, if you're heading east, then you need to you need to be aware of the local customs of the Russian customs and they said it's it's generally it's very polite to offer vodka and these salted vegetables so you get like a plate with like salted cabbage salted onions salted peppers just loads of salted veg and you're supposed to eat one bit of the, the veg and then the vodka one bit of the veg then the vodka it's like, like an accompaniment with the vodka so obviously I got really drunk for a few days in Moscow, getting used practicing, practicing obviously to make sure I wasn't going to be rude on the rest of my trip. And um, I think I, I think Amazing. the vodka just sort of kills your taste buds, and you just get used to it. I remember in Moscow thinking, "Oh God, this is hard going," but by the time I sort of was going across Russia, it didn't bother me. <laughs> just just ate it. So what about the best thing? What's the best food? Oh. Best food. Yeah. Oh, oh yes. Um in well, firstly, in uh non on the on the on in South America, mm-hmm. the you know the ceviche, the ceviche platters that you get of the uh, of all the, the of all the fish. I think ceviche is like a fish. Oh, okay, right. fish. Before I went to, to South America, I hated fish. I was not a fish person. Mm. But I don't know what it is. When I go abroad, I'll always, I'll, I'll be like, I'll try whatever. I'm like super unfussy. I'll have, I'll have it all. As soon as I come back to England, I become fussy again. Even though I know that I can have the food. I'm like, no, no, I'll just have chicken and chips and a burger. It's fine. <laughs> but um, yeah, in South America, it was like, in I think Peru or Ecuador or somewhere, they have these massive platters, like $5. And it's like a massive mound of fish mm. um, covered in lemon to preserve it or something. And it's absolutely, it's like enough for like 10 people, but it's just for you. And it's amazing. Oh my gosh. That was one of the best foods I've ever had. That was awesome. And then, and then in Azerbaijan, the Algerian kachapuri, that kind of bread thing. Oh, it's got like, it's got like um, a hole in the middle of the bread. Uh And then it's filled with like cheese or egg or something. And then you peel the bread out. Kind of like a fun, like a fun, is it a fondue? A fondant? That cheese thing, yeah, yeah, where you, you dip yeah. stuff into the melted cheese. It's like that, and you peel You've the bread out the edge, and then you just put it into the middle, and it's... You've paused, oh, where are that's you? That's amazing. Come I back to it. us, Ben. That was cool. What about, what about you? Right, you're back. 
Um, God, best yes. food. Uh, God, blimey. Do you know I like I like Japan. Japan was just it was just nice, tasted good, lot of fish, lot of sort of meat, and I, it felt like good healthy food, and it was tasty, I'd, and I just enjoyed it. I liked my time in Japan. It what kind of food nice. are they having? What, what is their what's the traditional Japanese food? Um, a lot of rice. Well, believe it or not, rice and noodles. Um, fish, <laughs> fish was big. Uh, was it chicken? I'm trying to remember if it was chicken that we had there. So I stayed. I stayed with a family where the wife was Japanese and the kids were all born and bred Japanese, but the husband, Pete, was an Aussie who'd lived there for about 15, 20 years. So you kind of had a bit of a mixture because I think I think he would do some of the cooking. So like sometimes you'd have a bit of a Western edge to it and other times it was a Japanese edge and we'd go out for meals as well. And I, I just I just liked it. It's I mean, you can get Japanese food here, can't you? No problem. But it just it just felt nice over there. I just yeah, yeah. like Japan. Was have you, have you been Japan? to Japan? No, no, um, that's what I'm at. I want to go there so badly. Loved but it. Not yet, but was, was that where you had your. Little was that where you had the crash? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's how I met Pete. Was um, I, I crashed with a couple other sort of expat riders that were accompanying me to, to Mategi, to the circuit. And. Um, I crashed and they said, oh, don't worry about it. Our mate Pete's got a, got a van. He's a bit handy with some spanners. We'll give him a, a call. And Pete yeah. turned up and I ended up living with him for like three weeks, four weeks. <laughs> I have to say, like, this is, um, I know, mean, I obviously don't want to, you know, bring up your round the world trip because I know you, you don't, don't want to talk about it. I don't, I don't like to talk about that. Because yeah. you're, hum- you're a humble guy, you know? <laughs> we, we, we're humble guys. <laughs> I'm not a key worker like you. Yeah. I can't, I can't. <laughs> but not anymore your, your, yeah, yeah. but your video series honestly is absolutely incredible honestly there's Seriously? there's two there's two that I love and that I can always watch there's a guy called um, I don't know how to pronounce it he's an Irish guy Oisin Oisin Hughes Oisin Hughes yeah yeah um, was it not dead yet or something oh did you yeah yeah him yeah. and then and then your one um Hey everybody, have some fun. You only live once and no day is gone. Do you know I make no money at all from any of the round the world vids because what? of that song? Wait, <laughs> it's copyrighted, isn't it? No, it's copyrighted. I didn't know. I just used that. I didn't know about copyright then. <laughs> Wait, so you, can you not can you not remove it and re-upload it? I could I could re-edit it all, but ugh, nah, no point. They don't get big views anyway, so I'm not I'm not missing out Wait, on much. Do you not? No, no, no. You're kidding. No, no. But no. it's the most. It's so. It's 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 filmed so well. It's <laughs> Thank edited you very much. so well. And I watch it. I'm thinking the amount of effort because obviously, it's funny when you when you watch something you're like okay whatever. But then when you when you've done a trip and you try to film it yourself and then you look at other videos and you realise the effort that someone's gone to to get that one shot. Like it's just incredible the amount of time you went to like. Ugh. They don't appreciate it. You know, it's honestly, it's amazing. So if anyone watches this, then you must know that Bruce put a lot of effort into those videos and please watch them and give him some money. Thank you very much. <laughs> Thing is, though, it's like now, you know, now if you watch the likes of, you know, yourself, um, Norley, Itchy Boots, you look at the quality of the videos now and like even the cameras, you know, a, sim- a simple GoPro now, 
It's giving you 4K, 5K footage. It's stabilised. The audio is amazing. Whereas, like when I did it, it was I think if you could get 720, that was good resolution. You know, you, you couldn't get 1080. Well, my phone wasn't 1080 at the time anyway. I know that. So it's crazy. Wait, now. I look and I just think, oh, I wish I could do a trip like that with a drone and with cameras. Yeah. What can I use? Oh, God. I it's, it's in one of my vids. Towards the end, I go through what luggage I took, and, and it's in that. It was what they call a bridge camera, so it was, it was not a compact camera. It wasn't a DSLR. It was the one sort of in between. And, um, yeah, I had, no, I had no mics, nothing like that, so the audio was questionable in places, but, you know, it is what it is. It's filmed on the road. It's it's what it was about at the time. Right, next one. Oh, you frozen, mate. Are you there again? Come in. Yeah, ben. I'm here. Yeah. Come in. Oh, hey, you're there. My Wi-Fi must be horrendous. Um, next question. Yes. <laughs> Marshall three four nine eight at YouTube. Ben, what is the best dual sport Ooh, tire that you've tried that does the best off road and does good on road also? He's laughing. Oh, it's so funny because I don't know anything about motorbikes, like anything. <laughs> so, so, so people always. I mean, oh wait, hold on one sec. I need to get a drink of water. <laughs> oh, nice. This is my. This is my. Um, I'm so. I'm so lazy. So I'm gonna have my camel pack. Oh, that's good. Oh gosh. Oh, my mouth is so so parched. I don't know why. Anyway, yeah. So what was I say? Oh yeah. So um, yeah. I don't know anything about motorbikes. So people would when I was on my trip, people would ask me. They'd say, "Oh hey, uh, what oil do you use for your bike? What's the best oil?" And, I'd, and I literally and I literally would like I'd Google what oil to use for the Serie F two fifty, and then it would say like use. Castrol 10W something. And I'm like, this is great. So I reply saying, this is what you use. And they're like, oh, thanks so much. I'll use it as well. And I'm like, okay, okay, <laughs> Google great. is your friend. <laughs> and, and honestly, I don't know anything. Honestly, it's so funny. So if, if, just, I, I don't know why I admit these things on, on camera. Because people are going to think I'm so stupid. Because you're um, honest and you have integrity. <laughs> but someone came to me the other day. They came to me the other day. Oh, Bruce, you're too kind. You're too kind. You're too kind. Someone came to me the other day and said, oh, "You're this." They said, "Oh." They looked at my Triumph Bonneville, and they said, "Is this liquid cooled or air cooled?" And I said, "Ooh, great, great question there. Great question." <laughs> Uh, it goes from when I turn the key. <laughs> I, literally, literally that. I was like, oh, I, I, well, it's, it's got a radiator, uh, whatever that means. And I literally have no clue. But yeah, on the words. But yeah, and so in, to, to the tyre, this one I quick can actually answer because right. I put on um, Michelin Anarchy Wilds mm -hmm. on my bike. I don't know what's. I wonder if I got. I wonder if I made a note of my of the sizes on my phone. Hold on. Of what I use, well, but they'll, basically, they'll, they'll be specific for the CRF, won't they? For the two, for oh, the oh, yeah, you're right. They'll be specific, yeah, you're right. You'll be, yeah, see that again. But Anarchy Wilds, Mitchell and Anarchy Wilds, Mitchell and Anarchy Wilds, and they were great because they, they lasted all the way from London to Istanbul. Wow. I changed them in Istanbul, and then they made it all the way to, to the China border with, with, uh, with Pakistan and India. So, now, literally, two sets got me the whole way there, amazing. And they did what I think in the end, 
as the crow flies, I think from London to where I ended up is like, I don't know, 10,000 kilometers, 12,000 kilometers maybe. Yeah. But because I didn't really plan my route very well and I literally did like a weird zigzag. You surprised me. I think I did, I think I did, <laughs> I think I did like 20, I think I did like 28, 28,000 miles, which is like 30, 40,000 kilometers, I think maybe, I don't know. What That's almost exchanges. around the world. In fact, I think it is it. around the world. I, I, well, I don't know. I haven't I measured out, but it's basically double or triple what it should have been as a crow flies. Yeah, and yeah. the fact that my tyres survived all that is amazing. And also, because I didn't plan my trip, I went through all the worst seasons. So I was going through the Balkans, Eastern Europe in the middle of winter, and then Turkey in the middle of winter, Iran in the middle of summer, and it was like 50 degrees. And these tyres handled everything. That's didn't a, get, a sing- great didn't get not a single puncher. Um, wow. Oh yeah, so I had the I had the Michelin ultra heavy duty inner tubes, and then the the tires as well, and they were amazing. Honestly, they were so good. So yeah, that is my answer. Yeah. There you go, Michelin Anarchy Wilds. Boom. Oh, actually, oh, oh, before I, on that topic, if someone can help me out, I want to buy for my Triumph. I want it to look like a like a scrambery kind of vibe. So I want to get some knobblies on my Triumph Bonneville, which I know it's a bit bad, but mm-hmm. if anyone's got any recommendations, please send them to me because I want to put some cool knobblies on. Maybe, I don't know, like the, maybe like the TKC-80s, the Continentals, uh-huh. I don't know, or the Midas E10s. If anyone's got any tips, or please send them my way. And What's I want to the make... best way for people to get in touch with you? Instagram? Oh. Facebook? Great question. Um, yeah, <laughs> Instagram, The King on the Road. Hang Facebook, on, hang on, hang on, you're road. broken, you've, you've frozen. Um, oh no, right when, I was, right when I was doing my plug. No! Oh, right, you're back, you're back, so, yeah, you're back. The King of the Road. Right, so what, what is, yes, what's the boom. best way of people getting in touch with you? <laughs> Bear with us. The King on the Road on King Instagram on road. and Facebook. Maybe awesome. YouTube, but it, once I start uploading again, but focus on Instagram and on Facebook. Um... And yes, please send me your your recommendations. Oh, also, and for luggage as well. Oh no, no, don't worry, we sorted that already. That's, that's already sorted. Um, what I'll do, folks, is if you look, if you're listening to the podcast, check out the show notes, and if you're watching the YouTube vid, look at the vid description, and there'll be links there to all Ben's socials, so you can drop him a like. In in this right. box here will be a that's button to click. Next one, go. Pete English. Now, Pete, Pete has a reputation. For his questions. I've, I've heard of this guy. Oh, Everyone's yes. heard of Pete. He should be coming on a podcast. I was supposed to have him on a month or so ago, but I ended no up... No way. Yeah, I ended up in hospital with, with pancreatitis, so I had to sort of cancel that that podcast. But I will, I will get Pete back on. So, Pete English. Hi, guys. Hope you're both fitting well. Question. Would you rather take a look at your mum or your dad's internet history? <laughs> that is genius. <laughs> oh my gosh. Oh, what wow. the heck? Wow. Mum or dad's internet history? Sheesh. I mean, I mean, I'll be polite and let you go first if you like, Bruce. Well, sadly, my mom's my mom's no longer with us. Um, bear in mind that my dad lives by himself. I really don't want to be looking at his internet history. So I will say, my mom, bless her, when she was alive, I would look at her internet. 
Actually, no, because what if I found something? Oh, probably my oh, dad's because I just I expect my dad to look at a little bit of grot here and there. He's a bloke. So, yeah. You know what? Yeah, I'm going to take the safe safe answer and agree. I think I, I don't think I could handle. Although actually, I think I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure if I looked at my mum's, it would just be her trying to find uh, any articles or interviews that I've done. That's that's exactly. I was thinking, you know, my mum would be looking at shops. Uh, dog rescues, all that, which she, she would have. But what if you found something? <laughs> what what if there was something else? And, and I'd be like, oh no, I couldn't have that. I couldn't have that. Whereas with my dad, <laughs> I expect that. So yeah, I'll, I'll look at my dad. <laughs> Actually, I'll keep the memory of we... my dear mother alive. <laughs> I'll keep it nice and pure. I don't want to know. <laughs> Oh my gosh. That's a good be, question, yeah. Pete. I can't wait right. to, to get him on and, and interview him properly. Oh, oh no, yeah. And Every, then, everyone will be able then, to get their own back. Yeah, you can get, you can get revenge. You can get revenge finally. That is yeah. amazing. Oh my gosh. Actually, right. one thing actually, Hammett, before um, you move on from, we can actually use uh, Pete's incredible question. Um, did you, speaking of like people like searching up online, to, you know, whatever, and to see if you're alive. Did you have like a tracker on your trip so that your yeah, did. family and, and friends could follow you and find out if you were alive? Yeah, I used, um, they're, they're really advanced now, but I used one of the early spot trackers, you know, the little sort of orange. Oh, yeah. It's like a little orange box that I would have on the bike. And um, a friend of mine is a bit of a techie whiz. I subscribe to the to the spot tracking thing. And what, what I do is at the end of every day, oh, I no. would... I would push. Oh, oh has it squirted this, everywhere? This, this alcohol-free beer has you've literally had an gone issue. everywhere. I don't know if you heard that sound. I did what hear it, is, yeah. It's got air. Oh, my gosh. Anyway, sorry, Karen. Sorry, Karen. I was going to mop this up. <laughs> yeah, the... Um, well, do, you want, do you want some time to, to mop it up? Oh, no, it's fine. Just, it's just gone all over the floor in my nice footrest. Yeah, just suck out the carpet. You'll be all right. Um, yeah, what what you do with the track with the spot tracker is at the end of every day when I made camp or got to wherever I was going, I'd push this sort of button, and I'd already pre-programmed it with my sort of emergency contacts, so my missus, family, all that sort of stuff. So when I hit that button, it would automatically email them just to say I'm, you know, I've got to the point, I'm safe. This is my GPS coordinates, so they could look on a map then. Uh, and I linked it up to, to Facebook as well, so it would automatically post on there. So every day people could see, all oh, right, you're you're here, and it was a Google map, so they could zoom in and see where you were at. No way. Yeah, but my mate, my mate um, Ian, Ian Lindsay, he he's a bit of a techie wonder wizard, and he he created some little widget to put on my website that would cumulatively track the whole route. So. There was a lot. There used to be a little widget on on the website, and it would just plot everywhere it had been. But sadly, that's that's gone now because I've redone my website. I've lost the widget, and I I, I don't have. No. I don't think I do. Maybe maybe I could still get it, but yeah. But that had my actual plotted route everywhere I'd been, and it was really cool. But I don't know where it is now. <laughs> but yeah, spot tracker. Are they expensive? The the. 
and, you, and you, you, got to, you have to buy the unit and then you've got to pay a membership or some sort of thing that's yeah at the time you had to buy the unit and then you had to buy a subscription like a yearly subscription and there were different different levels so I think mine I think all in I was about 300 quid I think all in for the unit for the subscription but I don't know how much they are now they're probably a lot cheaper and the technology will be a lot better yeah what worth doing it's peace of mind for family and it's a great way for, for people yeah, to follow you I, yeah because I didn't have anything on my I had no track at all and, so, and there was, I was posting every day and then occasionally I'd go on like a silence when I was yeah. in like remote areas or you know in bad situations where I couldn't post and then, and then yeah people just my family would stress out because the only reason really I was posting online was for my family to see how, mm-hmm. so they could see I was alive. Yeah. And uh, and then it, and then obviously it actually turned out to be quite a good thing because it meant that I've got like a memory now of my trip mm-hmm. and then bikers from all over the world would then get in touch. So it's beautiful. Social media is great in some ways. Um, but yeah, I had no I had no tracker. So really, my posting was my tracker. That was the way that people yeah. knew I was alive, which is kind of yeah. scary. Um, it's worth yeah, having a look at. They're called Spot. I think it's Spot or Spot On, I think it's called. But um, yeah, it's well worth having a look at. Good. Right, next one. Oh, Matt sorry. Jordan. To each of you, based on your experiences so far, if you only had time, money, and resources to ride around one country, which one would you go back to and what would you choose to ride it on? Ooh. Ooh. Go on, which one's yours? That's a great be? question. Mm, very good. Only one country. Uh... See, I loved, I loved Colombia. I, I, I just, the whole, well, the whole of South America, I loved. Yeah. No, Brazil, Brazil, yeah, Brazil, yeah. I think Brazil because I just Ooh. the whole, the lifestyle, the food, the language, the people. I think yeah, Have you been to we're Peru? all yeah. Yeah, I love Peru. Peru. Peru was amazing. I, yeah, I thought that was epic. Peru was yeah, such a beautiful place. And then Actually, I really I mean, only, I just came into Colombia, and then literally I was there for about two days, getting my shipping sorted because I, I flew the bike across the Darien Gap to to Panama. So I was literally just just in this hostel for a couple of days in Colombia, and I didn't explore it. I only, I just sort of came in from the east, and uh, I I would I would love to see more. I've heard so many good things about the place. Yeah, it is just, honestly, the, I mean, the girls are just, <sighs> on, um, well, they were saying that I am, um, I had a, I had a really bad, I had, um, after my car crash when I was 17, Yeah. I always, I always said I'd never take passengers ever in, my, in a vehicle again. And then obviously then did go into motorbikes and whatever and was doing stuff. When I was in, I think, I think Medellin, mm-hmm. uh, which I think is just south of Bogota, I think. I was in Medellin and I met this beautiful girl and she was like, oh, let's, let's go to Cartagena, right by the coast. I was like, okay, okay. And she was like, let's go on your bike. And I was like, all my morals just went out the window because she was <laughs> yeah. so hot. And I was like, okay, okay uh, get on the back. And we did, anyway, yeah, we, yeah, um, yeah. we ended up, uh, we had an amazing time there got to the coast and then and then crashed uh i had there was some oil on the road and i no. came off and we crashed and i was back back then before i did the trip i was not really like a biker i was wearing oh, flip-flops on, swimming shorts, frozen, and a t-shirt frozen. 
Can you hear me? Hello. Right. Oh no, did you, you freeze? You, did you yeah, freeze? Yeah, you totally froze. So you, you crashed, then what happened? Yeah, so we crashed and obviously I wasn't a, a biker then, so I wasn't bringing any of the gear. I was literally in flip-flops, swimming shorts, oh, no t-shirt, nothing. And we both, we both, we, we'd been at the beach, I think we'd been on, out to the beach or something. So we're both not wearing anything really. And we hit some oil on the ground, crashed. I skid along the floor and all the skin of my foot and my leg is all just shredded and it's awful. And I was obviously, we're both in shock. These amazing Colombian locals rush out of their houses and they, they, they come out, they, give, they put up some cardboard boxes and they crush some boxes on the floor for us to sit on, for us mm. so we could lie down. And then <laughs> the funniest thing was them, this lady then comes out, this Spanish lady speaks no English. She comes out with like a spatula, like a big spatula full of like white uh, sparkly stuff, which she said was sugar. Um, but when you're in <laughs> Colombia... I mean, you have no idea. And she's like, take this, take this. And I'm like, okay, okay, okay. Um, and, and so, so she gives this to me and, and the girl and we take the sugar just because obviously we're in shock trying to get our sugar levels back up. Sh- sugar, sugar. Yeah. <laughs> so, 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 so she gives us, and, and, uh, and then she gives us some, some pills, some, well, pills as well. Um, gives us some medicine as well. Did you, and then did then, you take your sugar like this? With a rolled up note Wait, or rubbing thought, it in. <laughs> I thought that's how you're. I thought that's how it's supposed to be done in Colombia. That's what they said. No, apparently so. Yeah, <laughs> uh, uh, unless I've been misinformed. <laughs> anyway, and then and then within minutes, when in pla- yeah, literally. <laughs> actually, funny enough, funny story. Um, when I when I was do- when I did um when I was posting my stuff um, over my trip, it's like half of like the comments. Of, on my videos or photos were people saying they thought I was just constantly on cocaine um, <laughs> and they'd be like where'd you get it from and I'm like do you really think I could afford to do this trip if I spent all my money on with a cocaine habit. Like, 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 like how could I afford but they, they genuinely thought it was it oh, it was crazy anyway that was a <laughs> That was like most of the comments, but yeah. So yeah, we we cried, and then the police showed up in a police truck and and took my bike and on the back of the truck and took it away to whatever. And then there, and I, obviously at that point I didn't have a bike license, so I couldn't legally ride a bike. Oh no! So I I wasn't insured. I couldn't go to hospital. And uh, so the police, another police truck came and picked us up and took us back to the hostel we were staying in and. They took the bike, dropped it off outside of the hospital as well, so we could get it re- repaired. And uh, and yeah, I couldn't go to hospital, so I had to self-medicate. So I actually bought. So the the police dropped us off on the way at the pharmacy to buy all the uh, medical supplies. With that hospital, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was amazing. And then we get back to the hospital, and um, and I'm literally pouring iodine like on my wound in the middle of like the the lobby area of the hostel, oh. like, it's disgusting. And I'm trying to sort myself out and I'm just, it, it was awful and I'm bandit. Anyway, then this amazing girl turns up and she comes over and she says, I'm not even trying to do the accent because my accent's awful. She's like, okay, I'll try. She's like, you're out of here. You're out of here, Bean. 
That was Australian, by the way. Um, mm. She goes, she says, oh, well, I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a doctor from Australia. Let me, let me sort you out. I'm, I'm here on sabbatical for a year. I'll, you're doing it all wrong. Let me fix you up. So she fixed me up. And uh, what about your injury? <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm here for about another hour. <laughs> it was honestly, it was amazing. So she fixed me up, and she was also very, very attractive. And 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 then yeah, and so we ended up travelling. We actually ended up travelling together for quite a bit, which worked out really well because she would sort out my leg mm. and other. <laughs> You know, it was great. It was awesome. It was just brilliant. Yeah, so, yeah we'll not go so that was really cool. Yeah, so yeah. Columbia has a fund. Uh, I, I remember fun, fun memory. Oh, you've broken. You've frozen. Hello, oh, can you hear me? plumbing connection. Hang on. Yeah, I can hear. Yeah, I've got you now. Yeah, you, you, you're all froze yes, there. Awesome. Yeah, awesome. I remember when I when I came into when I crossed into Colombia, I got I got proposed to. By um, you know, in the petrol stations, a lot of the petrol stations have women working at the petrol stations. Well, I got I got proposed to by one of the ladies there. I I just I pulled up to get some fuel, and like the the girl who's dressed like a mechanic in the sexy overalls, you know, like all the makeup with with the buttons all done down to here. She came over yes. and yes. I she said something in Spanish, and I was like, oh, no hable, no hable español, eh, eh, English, English. And she was like, ah, oh, you're English. And I said, no, well, Scottish, but yeah, 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 English. And she went, oh, you're Scottish. And I can't, I can't remember the, the name she shouted, but let's just say it's, let's just say it's Catherine. She was like, oh, Catherine will love you. And she shouts, like, this girl's name. And the next thing, this, like, six-foot Amazonian secretary type, long black hair, glasses, mini skirts, stockings, high heels. She comes walking out and these two have a little conflab and then she just looks at me and she goes, say something, say something to me. So I was like, how you doing? You okay? Everything all right? And she, she just sort of came over, threw her leg over the tank and just straddled it looking at me and she was like, marry me, take me away. <laughs> and I was like, wow, this is Colombia. Wow. How are you doing? Good place. Right. Uh, they are amazing. Oh, okay, so right. Much. So, one place. So, you would be what you would do, Colombia, then? I think that was the original question. You go back there and choose to. Oh, yeah, yeah. To um, ride around. And I'm pretty sure, say, like, one of the places I went on my trip recently, like Iran, Pakistan, which I, which I loved. But, yeah, in terms of traveling around, and, and I, can, I can see myself living somewhere in South America, 100%. I just, I just love it. When I, when I, fin when I finish my trip, which I have to. Um, I want to settle down in South America because it's just the greatest place. I love it cool, so much. Man. Yeah. I think if, if I had to settle in one place and ride there as well, I, th I think it would probably be Japan, you know? Japan or Norway. N Norway, Norway is beautiful. Norway is good. It's just so expensive. But the wages <gasps> are good in Norway. You know, you can, be, you can be a road worker over there and earn 60 grand. So... It's it's sort of comparable, really. Yeah, I mean, yeah, but it's like wow. Excuse me, it's eleven quid for a pint, twelve quid for a pint. So, <gasps> you know, it's it's comparable. <laughs> um, how, 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 how much special. do they pay? Um, how much do they pay supermarket delivery drivers? What, That's what I'm qualified for. <laughs> I'd imagine they'd pay a fair bit, actually. Yeah, I imagine they probably would. But it's like sixty percent tax, I think, fifty or sixty percent tax in Norway. 
you know, it's it's hefty, and then like everything is so expensive there. But then it just looks such a beautiful place, it really is. So Norway or Japan for me, Matt. That's where I'd go. Amazing, right, next amazing. one, Ray Holohan. Oh, All right, go we, fast. Wait, before we continue, I need to go, I need to go for a, uh, a quick no leak. I'll be back Off in thirty seconds. Yeah. <laughs> Normal services will resume. All good. Oh, oh good. yes. My God, I've broken the seal. I knew I shouldn't That's have it. started with um, a milkshake, a coffee, Coca-Cola and a beer. That was a bad move. Oh, my God. You've done well to get this far. It's like an hour and a half. I in. know. But I, I, I hope you use that few minutes to plug your uh, your trip. <laughs> what trip? I don't talk about it. <laughs> yeah, we'll just we'll just jump cut straight to this bit. Right, next question. Ray Holohan. Go light, go fast, go far is something we hear of from experienced adventure bikers. Ben, would you take the same bike again on your around the world adventure and would you pack differently? Oh oh that is actually a good question. Because mm-hmm. I set off on my trip. And people always ask me this, actually. I changed my luggage uh, setup halfway through. So when I set off, I left with... I've got to be careful what I say here. I don't want to uh, insult any, any companies. Okay, so when I set off, I got the Krieger Duo 36 saddlebags okay. for my bike. Um now, what I've realized recently is that those bags are basically designed for the bike I've got now, the, the Triumph Bonneville. And if I put them on the Bonneville, they would be amazing. Like, so awesome. Like, just strap them on the back of the seat. Perfect. For the Sierra 250, they are not designed really for the Sierra. You should, I should have gone for the, I forgot what they're called. But Krieger do another set. Um, the drive bikes. Bond. Yeah, yeah, the um, yeah, I, I should, and you can mount them onto the frame, and they yeah. would have been perfect. But I didn't. I, I went for the duo ones, which aren't designed for off-road bike. They're designed for like a city urban, you know, ride. Gotcha. And so they flop all over the place, and then the exhaust. Basically, as I got into Germany, the exhaust burnt a hole oh. through the bags because they'd slipped mm-hmm. down out of place, burnt a hole through them. They were no longer, I kept patching them up and whatever. And after a few months, they, they weren't waterproof anymore. They were useless. And I had to get rid of them. And ended up going for the Tourotech boxes. So I ended up finding, so it, was a, it was a Honda bike, Serial 50. Mm-hmm. I ended up finding a pannier rack from a KTM 690. And then the pannier rack on the other side, I found a spare pannier rack from a BMW GS1200 and then the bar along the back which supports the two panniers was the handlebars cut down to size from a Triumph Tiger Explorer. Seriously? So so it was a Honda bike with a KTM Triumph and BMW rack system. All that was missing was Yamaha and Kawasaki to throw in some parts to make it an ultra bike but it was great so it took me a few months to build this the first pannier rack was helped was designed by a guy Mark oh, you, you've in the UK. Again, he helped with the first side, and then no. the second side was done, I think, in Amsterdam or Germany mate, you've, by you've, some guys there. Ben, 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 you you paused the, you you paused again. So you, no! you 
I got up to. I know. I got up to. Uh, you said it took a couple of months or a month to build, and then you froze. Yeah. If yeah, if you were, so the, the first the first side rack, the KTM side rack was done by a guy yeah. called Mark in in Essex. He helped me out with that side, and then I think it was Amsterdam or Germany. They those guys provided the BMW side. And then I forget where it was. Was it Austria where I got the, the middle bracket built? And uh, every country I go to, I'd find a new welder and we'd weld it on. And it took a while to get it sorted. And we finally created this, this, this the ultimate rack for my CRF. And, you know, it's, it's, you can't <laughs> find a rack for the CRF. It's, you, can't, you can't buy one off, off the shelf. I mean, maybe now you can. I don't know. But back then you couldn't. Can you not? So. I no, maybe now, maybe possibly now, but back, back, back then you couldn't find anything. There was no like pannier rack for the RF. Um and so you had to build it. I, I probably should have sold it actually because it was a really good design. Like it was really awesome, um, and it worked so well. <laughs> and it meant that I was able to I was able to mount on these Touratech uh, thirty litre whatever panniers to the to the bike, and then I had my Givy thirty whatever litre top box as well. And so everything was lockable, so I could oh, ride yeah, somewhere, yeah, yeah. park up the bike, it was, and it was—I loved it. I have to admit, I preferred it to the to the soft bags, but it was only because I went for the wrong kind of soft bag. It was my fault. I should have gone for a different kind. Um, but uh, yeah, that's my yeah. answer. So, yeah, I was, it's a piece of mind, doesn't it? Could do it again. I'd, that's it. If I could do it again, I'd start with the hard panniers right from the get-go. But the bike, mm. the bike was beautiful. Definitely love that one. What, what, what about, about you? Because I mean, yours is a. Your bike, I mean, is just, I mean. <laughs> well, I, I, had the, I had the Krieger soft bags, the dry bags. Um, and yeah, they, they were they were spot on for me. Um, I, I took way too much luggage when I first left. And sort of by the time I was halfway across Russia, I was just like, this is ridiculous. I've, I've got so much stuff here I'm never going to use. I had like a full toolkit with absolutely no knowledge on how to use any of it. So I was like, what's the point of me having this? So I, I ditched it. You know, I, I kept the I kept the socket from a rear wheel so that if I, when I had to tighten the chain, I could I could do that on the road. So I kept the socket in handle to, to do my rear spindle. Um, I kept, I think, a, a set of Allen keys and a, like a, a, screw, a cross-head screwdriver and a, and a spade-end screwdriver and ditched everything else. And I, I had I had loads of um, ration packs. You know, I had like two weeks worth of ration packs. And I was like, why do I need that? There's food everywhere. So I, I ditched that. I had a, an air mattress. Yes. I don't need that. Got rid of it. Clothes, don't need any of them. So I just ditched it sort of halfway across Russia. <laughs> and uh, yeah, then it was fine after that. Um, I think if I was to go again, I would literally, I would invest, if I was doing a big trip, I'd invest in a good suit, so I've, I've bought myself a Rucker top and bottoms. Oh, yes. Mega expensive, ridiculously expensive, but well, my God, they're amazing. Are they close to two grand for the whole thing? Two, Is it yeah, 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 yeah. For the, for the jacket and bottoms, it was just under two grand, but I got it on a, I got it Infinity with the 0%, so 0% finance, cost me 70 quid a month over two years. Bosh, I've got a, got a full Rucker suit, so... I would take a good quality suit. I would take my phone, passport, credit card, and I'd hit the road. That'd be it. Yeah. Well, obviously, a tent and a sleeping bag if you're gonna if you're gonna camp. And um, yeah, that would be me. But that's it. The less the less planning you do, like the better the trip because yeah. you haven't got any you know expectations. You just go with the flow. And if someone says go here, 
you can Absolutely. go there. Like, you're able to be like, oh no, I've got to get here. You can just be flexible. It's the, it's the, my, my, my route was literally planned by people messaging me on the internet. Like I'd get somewhere, I'd be like, right, I'm going to here next. And then I'd get a message on Instagram or Facebook saying, hey, come and stay with us. We're completely in the wrong direction to where you're going. And I was like, okay, sweet. And I turn around and head back the wrong way. And like literally like three months after I left England, I was in Belgium. The, Three she, months. You could probably see England from where I was staying. This is why I'd literally gone all the way down south and then gone back on myself up. And I was literally the other side of the channel three months yeah. later after setting off. <laughs> I was like, how, how, how have I done this? Like, what is going on? But it was, I, it was I great. Sort of did, but with so social much, media, I did the eh? similar sort of thing, but I, I kept it along my route. You know, so if, if someone said, oh, you know, you should come here or go there, if it was a long... If I'm heading east, for example, and it was east, then I'd be like, "Yeah, all right, I'll go there." And yeah, I, I just love doing that. But I didn't, I didn't do it as drastically as you. <laughs> so, what were you doing? Were you camping? Did you camp wild, or what did you do? Did you yeah, couch yeah. surf? So, or? At, at, so, at the beginning, I was really, um, I was, I, I just, I was nervous. I was scared because mm. how do you, how do you well camp? So, the first few sort of few weeks or so, I was camping but i was camping in campsites because i was yep. too scared to yeah. and i got a feel got a feel for you know how to actually set up the tent and whatever cook my own food how to turn on the mm -hmm. stove you know so, and then i was in when i was in the south of france i actually met up with a friend of mine who i traveled uh I'd met, I'd met him in south america and he was actually the guy who introduced me to the long way round four years before wow. and he wasn't a biker he was a cyclist um and when i set off on my trip on this recent trip he was just finishing his cycle trip around europe so i said hey listen let's meet up in the south of france a nice location so we did we met up in the south of france and he'd been wild camping the entire trip around europe and uh I said, listen, I'm really scared like, to wild camp. Like, I don't know what I'm doing. He said, listen, I've been doing it for the past few months because he said he was on a really tight budget and it, with his bicycle, we could camp anywhere, really. It's, you know, it's quite easy. And so I met up with him and he basically like, taught me how to wild camp. And we, I met up yeah. with him and we, we traveled together for a bit. I'd be riding slow on a motorbike. He was obviously on his bicycle. And he said, right, it's getting dark now. Let's find somewhere to camp. I was like, okay. So I thought it'd take, you know, an hour of searching. And he literally, a few seconds after that, he goes, oh, there's a little clearing through those bushes on the side of the road. Let's go through there. So we did, we went through. And it sort of opened out to this nice flat area off the main road, out of sight. He said, yeah, this is perfect. I was like, what? It's that easy? And we set up tent and it was, <laughs> it was great. We had such a fun time. And That's then awesome. the next night, the same thing happened again. And then I absolutely loved walking with him. Like the, on our final night, I went, I drove to the supermarket in the local town, stocked up on loads of wine and like, you know, to have a lavish glass. Sugar. You know, to, yeah. <laughs> to slum it. And, and, and uh, had an amazing, like, you know, it was like, it was more like glamping, you know, like mm. fancy camping. And it was so much fun. And then after that, I sh it was the worst thing doing that with him because after that, every time I camped, while camped by myself, it was so boring and mm. that, those those are the only time i love traveling alone like i wouldn't travel with anyone i don't think ever but in the evening when you're well camping and you're saying you know that's when you wish there was someone you could share with because it makes mm. it so much better when you're with someone i mean yeah, I, I don't yeah. know how you feel but 
being alone is great because every day you go wherever you want. But in the evenings when you're wild camping, that's when it's nice to have someone else sort of with you, isn't it? See, I quite, I quite like, I like being with people during the day. But it, oh. it, on my trip by the evening, by the time I put the tent up, I just wanted to go to sleep. So I would literally just, I'd put the tent up. I, I didn't, I didn't cook or or anything. You know, I didn't cook wild. I would I would eat during the day petrol stations and you know just depends what happened during the day i just get the food then and then in the evening i would literally just put the tent up get in go to sleep and then wake up sort of five six in the morning and pack everything up get back on the bike and off you go and so like evening time was just sleep that's all i would do <laughs> that's it if I, if I had a phone signal i'd look at my phone and try and figure out a route for the next day or something to do check social media if i had any sort of signal and uh, yeah, but I, I quite quite like the alone time of an evening. <laughs> but during the day, I loved I loved the social side of just meeting up with people during the day. Yeah, because people always say, "Aren't you alone? Aren't you you know? Don't you get lonely when you're on your trip or alone?" But as you know, you're never alone during the day. You're <sighs> always surrounded by people. Often yeah. you'll be fighting to get some alone time because you're just mm. constantly bombarded by people. You'll, you'll, mm. you'll hide down the alleyway to just have some peace and quiet, mm. which is you know, not a bad thing. You know, it's, it's nice that people want to talk with you, but yeah, by the evening, yeah, what you want to do is just just relax. Yeah, you do. Yeah, just just be, have your own time and just chill. Yeah. Um, right, next one. Richard JG. Not sure you get to watch much TV. I know when I've been abroad working, a good film or box set helps the downtime fly by. Question. If you could change the ending to any film, what film would that be and how would it now end? Ooh, that's a good one. Ooh. Oh, wait, you froze, you fro- your audio froze slightly there. <laughs> could, you, could you repeat yeah. the question? If you could change the ending to any film, what film would that be and how would it now end? Oh, 100% the Italian job. I want I want to see I want to see I want to see them get off I want to see them get off that cliff <laughs> yeah. and 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 spend all that gold I want it annoys me so much that they never made a sequel I know that's how it's supposed to be um but it's just oh it's just oh, it's so annoying like that song. I, I didn't even I didn't even think of that film I'm trying to think of a film that's a good point um Blimey, what film would I want to see the end of? I'm trying to think of films now. My mind's gone blank. Um, ooh. No, 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 no. Cancel that. It's a real one. Um, God, I can't think. I can't think, mate. I can't think of a film. How bad's that? Do you watch much TV? Oh, yeah. I'm like a massive... Not, not TV, but I'm a, I'm a massive film buff. Like, oh, yeah. I'm obsessed with film. <laughs> Like, yes, like yeah, it's, it's my life. Yeah, it's. It, I I can't think, Richard. I'm I'm really sorry, Paul. I can't. My mind's gone blank. I can't think of one. But Ben's knocked out of the park with the Italian job. Didn't even think of that. I don't know how I came up with that. That was just. And now that song's in my head as well. <laughs> this is a self-preservation society. <laughs> is that even the lyrics? You're gonna have to go and watch the film now, aren't you? Um, right, next question. <laughs> yes. Oh, well, Stitch is just saying, well done, Ben. Keep on keeping on, mate. Good on you. Next one, Brian McManus. Hello, gentlemen. Not a question, more of a request. 
Ben, please tell us about oh. when you got arrested in the Middle East and a Facebook follower came to your rescue. Love your enthusiasm for life and adventure. Over to you. Oh my gosh. I've just remembered, I've just realised what he's talking about. I was trying to think what he was talking about. <laughs> what, what other time did you yes, get arrested? No, no. <laughs> oh, I had, a, I had a few like encounters with the authorities. Yes. Yeah, I had a few encounters with the um, with the authorities and the intelligence services, but I, I I think I'm pretty sure I think what he's talking about was when I was down because initially the plan was to go from Turkey into Syria, northern Iraq, and then to Iran. Mm-hmm. But when I got to the Syrian border, they wouldn't let me cross because there'd been a drone strike the day before, and like thirty thousand people were evacuating trying to get out. Mm-hmm. So I then followed the border around. Try to get into Iraq. Uh, ben, Ben, this this would have been what two thousand and seventeen, two thousand and eighteen. This would have been yeah, two thousand and. You tried to yeah, get in Syria in two thousands. Oh my god! <laughs> I but I basically I didn't do any planning or research, so I just thought let's go with it. Did like you watch the, the media, news, maybe. I, I know. But I was like, how how accurate can the news really be? So I was true, thinking. True. Hmm, so I was thinking, let's just do it. But it turned out that actually, yeah, it was the news was actually kind of correct, and I can get in. Um, but there was, I did speak to someone who did manage to get in a few years before me. Um, but that was to Iraq, not Syria. But um, mm-hmm. but yes, yeah, so I couldn't get into Syria. So they, I was, um, I was escorted away from the border. Then I tried to get into Iraq. And they wouldn't let me, they said you can cross in, but you can't bring your bike in. I said, no, I need to bring the bike in to get into Iran. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I, I could have just crossed into Iran from Eastern Turkey, from whatever it is, Van or whatever the town is. But mm-hmm. I wanted to go a bit more, you know, cool. Yeah, yeah okay, okay. Oh, that sounds so, that sounds cool. so, what's the word? Bad. <laughs> cool. Oh, I, just, I, just, I didn't care if I died. I just wanted to go <laughs> the cool. <laughs> My word, that sounds so bad. Such like a first world. Anyway, let's not let's uh, move past that. Anyway, um, I wanted to go the more cultural, the more cultural route. You know, like see it, more of like the culture. It, yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's go with that. Anyway, and I, they wouldn't let me. They said you can, you can come in. You can come in, but your bike can't come in. I was like, oh, I need to get the bike in. I, said, I couldn't, I couldn't get into Iraq, and so I got some message on Facebook from someone saying, like, I see you're trying to get east, but please, if you can't get, you know, towards where you're going, make sure you go to Georgia and Azerbaijan. You can get a visa on arrival, insurance on arrival. It's amazing. And I was like, oh, I never thought of that. Georgia and Azerbaijan. Mm. So I, I looked and sure enough, they were correct. So I thought, right, let's head towards Georgia. So I completely turned around, headed all the way up Turkey to the north of Tur- Turkey to Georgia. Um, and that was a whole crazy adventure. But just after I left the Iraqi border I was literally I pulled up to the Iraqi border and I decided to do like a little video like oh look where I am I'm by Iraq oh, oh. No. yeah yeah and and I I pulled over and I not turned the ignition off of the bike I just stalled it so mm-hmm. the ignition was still on and my little battery that I have on my bike was powering so much stuff like I had my G- my GPS charge, the Garmin, whatever charging, mm-hmm. which I never used really. I mean, I, just, I mean, clearly I didn't use it because I got lost all the time. Anyway, um, that's, that's if maybe if I'd used it, it would have taken me two years to get to China. Crazy. How do you think of that? Crazy. Anyway, um, who'd have thought that it? was? So I had the 
amazing, right? And uh, I had the, uh, I was powering that. It was powering the phone GPS. Uh, mm. It was powering my heated grips, all my heated clothing, my extra, my extra beam light. No idea why I needed an extra light. Anyway, I had that powered to the battery. All these things, which meant if I left, if I left the ignition on and I didn't have the engine on Just for like it. for thirty seconds, for initially thirty seconds, it was gone. So I pull over, do this video, like, hey, look where I am. Went to leave. I was like, oh crap, the battery's flat, and it was oh. flat road as well. And I was like, no. So I'm initially like, what do I do? Trying to find like some army guys to push me. No one's no one's going to help. Luckily, this tractor turns up and goes by, and I, I'm like stood on the side of the road, like right, like literally running water like this, so I'm trying to hitchhike for someone to help me. <laughs> And this guy, this old guy on a tractor, oh my gosh, I've just realised this story makes me sound so stupid. But anyway, I'll continue. Anyway, so um, this, these old guys, they must be like 70 years old, get out of this tractor. And they, I try to, they speak no English, but I'm trying to explain, can you push me? Mm. So they're pushing me, pushing the bike down this road to try and bump start it in second gear. And well, these these pensioners, these pensioners. These pensioners, like these are old <laughs> in it. And I'm like, these, these, these guys, I mean, this could have, this could have killed them. They could have had a heart attack and never made it back. And I would have felt very bad. Um, that sounded so sarcastic, but I was, I literally would have felt really bad. Um, anyway, they're pushing me and I'm like, oh, you know, it's not working. I keep dropping the clutch and it's not working. Keep going, keep going, slave. And I'm whipping them, I'm whipping them. And I'm saying, work faster. Okay, I'm not, that was a joke. That was a joke. I'm not doing that. But anyway, they're, they're pushing the bike and it's not oh, no, working. No, you frozen. And now you're frozen. I suddenly look, Right, now you've come back. You're back. You're back. Have I returned? Yeah, you're back. You're back. Yes, yeah, I you're was back. just at the just at the good part. Um, so, <laughs> hopefully, the camera didn't pick me up, saying that I was whipping them as my slaves. No, no, it got that. <laughs> it got that. <laughs> oh no, no. Anyway, so that was a that was a joke. Um, uh, well, I've also tried to thought. Yeah, and so they're pushing me, and I'm like, I suddenly look down. I'm thinking. Oh my God! Turn the ignition on. The, the, the bike's been in neutral the entire time, and they these have been tr they've been pushing me for like 15, 20 minutes, which what? doesn't sound like a long time, but that's that's a long time when you're it's hot and they're old. You know, we just kept trying and we kept thinking, what's going on? And we could see it. There was a slight dip in the road beyond, so we were trying. Yeah. We we're aiming for that dip in the road. Mm -hmm. Um. Turned out we didn't need a dip in the road. We just needed me to put the bike into gear. You plonker. And, um, and I said to them, I said, listen, um, so I quickly, I slightly put my foot down. And I'm like, okay, put it into gear. I'm like, yeah. guys, let's try one more time. Um, I'm sure it worked this time. They're like, no, 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 we, no, yeah. we are finished. We're nearly I don't dead. know why they had a weird French accent there. <laughs> but, they, and we tried, and sure enough, in gear, it works straight away. And after that, I felt so awful. And I rode off, obviously, Bye. I didn't stop. I had, to get, I had to keep going, obviously. And, um, and yeah, I felt horrendous. Anyway, I left there. That wasn't even the story. That was, we left there. You see what i got to work with. Okay. I feel so bad for whoever has to edit this video. Oh, wait. Oh, no. There's no editing. There is no editing. <laughs> Oh gosh, this is it. Crikey. And, and, uh, Although we'll have to do something with all that, these freezes. Oh gosh, yeah, you're right. Oh. <laughs> am I am I okay for now? Am I Yeah, you're okay. I, you come back. You came is back. Good? Yeah, and yeah. and um and so I said I've that by the um that part of Eastern Turkey, South Eastern Turkey, there's loads of checkpoints constantly. They always every time you stop they say, Oh no, why are you here, blah blah blah. 
there was um and there was i got to the last one of the day actually before that uh oh no no, no that's, that's a long story well, it's just too long we'll move on um at the end of the day um i get to this final checkpoint of the day and these these I get to this checkpoint and they, they drag me off my bike and they're like, come with us. I'm like, what the heck? What's going on? This is crazy. My bike's there. All my cameras are still recording. Uh, I have nothing, no time to turn it off. And they, they take me down this long road off the main road through into this army barracks. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and they bring me into this compound. They sit me down and they say, they start interrogating me, but they don't speak English. I don't speak uh, Turkish or Kurdish. I'm not sure mm-hmm. what language they speak over there. They get the local. They get very. Oh, I got. In, I got very abused on social media for saying I was in Kurdistan because all the locals kept saying "Welcome to Kurdistan." So I mm-hmm. put a video up saying I'm in Kurdistan. Then all mm-hmm. the Eastern Turkish got angry. And said, "No, you're not. It's not Kurdish. You're Turkish." I was like, "Okay, I'm sorry." And I had to delete the video. Anyway, that's another story. Um, I was. They put me in this room, and I, I got Google Translate out, and I'm using Google Translate to while they're interrogating me. So they're saying stuff. And then mm. I'd translate it, I'd see what they've said, and I'd reply. And obviously, Google Translate isn't very accurate, it's awful. Yeah, but anyway, yeah, yeah. this goes on for <laughs> hours and hours, and they start they start searching my my bag, they start searching me, and I'm thinking, what's going on? Like what's what's in it? And I'd be I'd had like 20, 30 of these of these checkpoints all day, but they'd never dragged me into like a room before. They'd always just mm. let me stay on the bike or pull to the side of the road. Mm-hmm. And the funniest thing was when I was in Istanbul, they said to me, Don't don't go into uh you know, Syria, Iraq, or whatever, or run with your British passport. You know, use the Irish one, and especially don't let them see you've got two passports. Um, so I, I planned right, on yeah, hiding yeah, my yeah. passport behind the battery of the bike. But earlier in that day, when I tried to hide the passport, I well, pulled off the main road you're breaking and again, I started babe. taking the side panel, the fairings. <gasps> no, right. no. You're back. You're back. You're back. You're back. You're back. Yes. So earlier, earlier in that day, when I tried to, I'd pulled off the main road and I'd pulled into a field to take the fairings off the side of the bike, oh. and to hide the battery, to hide the passport behind the battery, and then screw all back in. And mm. turned out this arm um, that had been right by an army base, and they'd they'd see me from their control tower or whatever, and sent an armored truck out to go and get me off. Because turned out there's still areas in that part which are mined and oh, right. they wouldn't they refused <laughs> to get they refused to get off the main road they were like you come here they're like no 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 and i'm like what what's going on and i quickly had to retrace my steps back to the main road and they refused to come to me so i had to come mm. to them and I, I didn't have time to hide my passport so i got back to the main road followed them to the checkpoint they actually were really friendly actually they were really nice they literally mm. but i was a bit scared anyway i didn't have time to hide my passport so while i'm, while I'm being interrogated later on in the day in this room I'd, I'd stuffed my passport down the inside of my, the waistband of my trousers mm-hmm. and it was slipping down my trouser leg. And I was like, no, this is not no. good. Luckily, luckily, the bottom of the trousers is quite tight near the, in the mm. boot. And it stayed there. But like, oh. if, if I, I'm not careful, it could slip out. So, and that looks really bad if I have a passport falls out because then oh, it shows yeah, I'm trying trousers. to hide it. Yeah. I was like, no. Anyway, so I said, I need to go to the toilet. So they said, okay. They took me to the toilet and they, t- and they went to the urinal and the guy just stood there staring at me. And I was like, okay. I was like, okay, change your plan. I need to use the cubicle. So I went to the cubicle and then luckily he didn't, he didn't follow me in there. He let me do my own thing. So um, I um, went to the cubicle, uh, managed to hide the passport, took it out of the trouser leg, put it inside my boot. Yeah. And it was fine. Anyway, went back to this 
thing and this they keep interrogating me and I'm like stressing out. Then I remembered that when I arrived in Turkey, um, this CRF250 riders club, Turkish riders club on Facebook, messaged me saying what and they invited me to their group. And it turns out the CRF is a really popular bike in Turkey. Everyone rides it. Oh, right. And there's a and there's a group of thousands of CRF riders in Turkey, and they posted they put me on this group saying, "Hey, Ben's just arrived in Istanbul. You know, if he needs anything, please help him out." And all these people sent me their numbers. Oh, and their mate, you've broken Facebook. again. Yeah, so we we got you, you've come back now. We got um, the CRF's got a massive fan base in Turkey. Uh, and you had somebody's number or something? Yeah. So the CRF, and everyone rides CRFs in Turkey. There's a Facebook group full of thousands of CRF riders just for Turkey. And I had loads of these numbers saved on my phone. People who've been in touch with me saying, hey, listen, if you want anything in Turkey, we'll sort you out. I suddenly remembered, oh my God, I've got all these numbers on my, on my notes. So I went through my phone and just chose the top person oh. um, and thought, had, had his number saved. I thought, oh no, is it gone again? Yeah. No, no, no. You, you, you've is, come back. the The video is terrible, but I can I can hear your voice. Luckily, I've actually been recording on my GoPro. Oh, fantastic! Awesome. That's massive. That's magic. Brilliant. So it's still hold on. Let me let me just make sure it's still recording. Uh, yep, an hour and fifty four minutes on my GoPro. Wow. Oh, you you got it plugged into the into yeah, power. Yeah, it's it's yeah yeah it's plugged into Beautiful. power. So I thought I'd yeah, have that mine too. Yeah, yeah. Brilliant. Thank you. Thank you. That that Nate, will be a godsend. Awesome. <laughs> yes, yes, yeah, yes. Sorry, folks. So, we, we're doing the chat via Zoom, and um, the Wi-Fi's at one of our ends anyway. The Wi-Fi's not great, so it keeps freezing all the definitely time. Definitely me. Definitely me. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. So um, yeah. So I went on it when I'm in this room. I'm thinking, well, I need to get out of this. Um. Even though these guys have never met me before, they've messaged me online, so they obviously can verify me and what I'm doing. So I found the top number on my notes, gave this to the the army guys interrogating me, and said, call this number, they'll tell you what I'm doing, why I'm here, because they were so unsure. Give them the phone. They call up this mm-hmm. guy, and he obviously, I don't know what was said over the conversation, but as soon as they hung up the phone, the atmosphere changed and all these hours and hours of being stuck in this room being interrogated suddenly the atmosphere changed and they rush out and said oh you want some chai tea i was like yes so they rushed out brought me some chai i was like sweet got some got some drink they said are you hungry i said yes i'm starving this is obviously all in this is all in broken english they rushed me in and they took me in and it turned out where i was the base i was in was actually the head of like the central army base for all of eastern turkey so it was a big place and they sat me down in the canteen with all the all the troops for that this region gave me a, a tray and i had dinner with all these soldiers and they're all taking selfies with me <laughs> and their superior officer comes in screams at them and says, no you can't take selfies and he, he made me delete them all but luckily on iphones you've, you can go back to recently deleted and recover them so i had to manage to recover them all which is great yeah, but right. it was crazy so i yeah, went from being interrogated to one minute to then being and I was saying, what was going on? Anyway, I was eventually I was freed from this place and they let me loose hours and hours later and they gave me fruit and loads of supplies to get me on my way. By now it's like the middle of the night and it's like yeah, 1, yeah. 2 a.m. or something. And I called up this guy and I said, what What just happened? And he, he said, oh, I'm actually the, uh, I'm the special forces uh, SWAT commander 
for the special forces unit for Eastern Turkey. Seriously? I was like, so he was basically their boss. He was, he was like their superior officer. Like, and he was a very, he was like one of the top dogs for that whole region for the, for the military. And he happens to have the same bike I've got. He's got a CRF. He also owns a BMW F800 as well. And he's got loads, he's got loads of bikes. But what are the chances the one person I called Ex- happened exactly. to be him? And he said, listen, mate, I'm sorry, sorry for what you've been through, you know, because obviously the reason why they gave me all the food and whatever was because they felt guilty that they'd arrested yeah. like one of their boss's friends, even though we'd never met before. They didn't know that. <laughs> um, and so, yeah, so he, so he, 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 he said, listen, come. He said, if, if you drive through the night, you should be with us, you know, by the morning. So I head off through the night, like four or five hours of driving through the night. It was terrifying. I always try to avoid riding at night. Um, mm. And got got to him where he was where he where he was based in his army headquarters, and I stayed in the officer's hotel, which is amazing. Um, he picked me up the next morning, where well, his chauffeur picked me up the next morning, and we had breakfast with him and his family, and it was in a special. It was amazing. So it went from like being a massive, like terrifying moment to being you know, and all because of a Facebook group for CRF riders. I mean, do you know what it was, insane. Ben? They'd, they'd heard that you were a key worker. That's what it was. <laughs> <laughs> Literally, that is it. That's it. That's How brilliant, though. But I mean, like you said, what are the chances that the person that you chose randomly to call would be this geezer? This is what I was saying to you about, like some somehow for some reason, life sometimes just works out, doesn't it? It just the stars align sometimes. I don't yep. know what goes 100%. on there, but sometimes it does. And there was so many moments like this on the trip where things just. Yeah fell into place as i'm sure you you know you can yeah just tell you know it, and it all just works out and you think this mm-hmm. is just this is amazing yeah absolutely totally right mike oh. phillipson great oh, choice if we start, for your trip if we start hmm? I'm, I'm gonna go for a quick leak again now that now i've broken the seal yeah no worries i might Give have me. a tittle too right two ticks oh so weak awesome right all right back in the room Mate, I am, I am so chuffed that you're recording it at your end as well because I was thinking, oh god, this can be a nightmare with all the, f- you know, the breaks and stuff. I was like, oh, how am I Wait, let me make, let me let me make sure that it's got um, battery battery left. Hold on, let's double check. Uh, how's it looking? Oh, that's amazing. Oh, brilliant. Two hours, sixty. Oh, brilliant. Yes, yes. So it's really strange. It's it's the new um oh no it's not the new way it's well it used to be new it's the GoPro eight maybe or the Hero eight yeah yeah what's what's the newest one uh, I just got it I just picked up the nine you lucky oh yeah. is it is it good mate it's brilliant it's br- I I was having loads of issues sorry to go off point here people but I was having loads of point I use the sevens. That's the ones I normally use. And you have to use the audio adapter, you know, to plug in the mic in your that, helmet. That big, beastly yeah. thing. Yeah, and it, and I was just getting... It's weird, I've always used it, and I've never had any issues, but then this year, I've started to get loads of crackling and, and like interference, and sometimes the audio would work, sometimes it wouldn't. I was like, this is terrible. And I, I couldn't figure out what was going on. So I've bought the new... Hero Nine, and then I've bought with it. I bought the the mod, the uh, media mod. The media mod, yeah. And that's that's got um, there. It is there. That has a three point five mil jack there input, so I can plug the mic straight in without using the big adapter. And it, it touch wood. I've been out filming, doing some stuff on uh, the new Enochica, and and it's brilliant. It's really really good. Yeah, loving it. 
I want to get you know the Max Lens mod that, that yeah, you can yeah. get with it. And it's got horizon leveling and stuff. Oh yeah, that's what I'm after. <sighs> I'm so annoyed. I literally I had I got the iPhone no, the GoPro eight last yeah. year. Yeah. And didn't and didn't open it. Didn't it was in its box all year until September, the Overland event. I I unboxed it to mount it to the helmet just to ride to the Overland event in Oxford. It was only like an hour's journey for me. Yeah. And then so I'm using it now and I've got with the with the with the media mod and all that. And then literally you come back from the Overland event and then they release the, the, release the, uh, new, the, one. New, the new one. I'm like, no, look yeah, at this. But this is good. But, but it's weird. It doesn't show. I was worried it wasn't, record, it wasn't um, charging because it doesn't show it's charging. It hasn't got a little lightning bolt. But yeah. luckily it is, it is charging, but it's... Oh, you've, you've broke again. You've frozen. Oh. I hello, it. hello. All right, hello. you're back. Hey. Yes, yes. <laughs> right, let's crack on because we are two hours in here. Oh, yeah. So we've nearly finished oh, the Patreon really? questions. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no way. Okay, yes, I'll, mate, I'll just yeah. give one word answers. Yes or no? Yeah, Go. good luck. <laughs> right, Mike Phillipson. Great choice of bike for your trip, Ben. Much more sensible than Bruce's. What made you decide to choose the CRF 250? Uh, quick answer it was basically Austin Vince. Yep. Yeah. That was literally, he, literally, it was, I, I went to one of his talks before my trip just to get a bit of insight into traveling overland. Um, and he was a big adv- advocate for the CRF. I was torn. Funny enough, actually, I was, I was, I was at this event and I was chatting to Nathan Millwood. Um, mm-hmm. And he, I was saying, to, I saw him and I said, oh, I'm torn between the Tiger 800, the BMW F800, and the Triumph Bonneville, which is the bike I've now got. Um, and I kept, and, and, I, and then I saw him a few weeks later at another event, and he said, have you chosen your bike yet? I said, no, I still can't decide. And, he, and Nathan said, right, you've got three, sec- you've got five seconds to choose a bike. You cut me down. And then I panicked and went for the Tiger 800. Mm-hmm. And then that, that evening I met Austin for the first time or something. And then Austin was an advocate for the CRF and yeah. he heard about my trip and said, listen, come, he heard that I live quite close to him. He, li- he li- Austin literally lives like 10, 15 minutes away from me. Oh, does he? Uh, in in, Har- in Hertfordshire. He lives in Axbridge mm. and I'm near Ripmansworth. Yeah, yeah. And um, he said, listen, come down, try my, try my CRF and see how you find it. Because by this point, I'd, I'd literally put a deposit down on a Triumph Target 800. I'd already paid the deposit and everything. Um, and I was about to pick it up like the following mm. day. And uh, so I went and I went to, to Austin's and he's, he... Um, he obviously he, he's got a CRF and, and mm. Lois and his wife has got a CRF and he said listen I can't let you out on my wife's bike until I know that you're a capable rider so he put out some cones in his little yard <laughs> and he said I want you to ride it, it was like it was like a driving test he yeah, said I, yeah. want you to, I want you to ride around these so that I can see you're capable before I let you loose you know and so <laughs> and then she was being assessed by Austin Vince to see you know how good my riding was <laughs> I was terrified. I was so scared. I was like, don't put a foot down. So we did it. Went for a ride on, around the, the canals and whatnot and loved it. And, th- and that basically I went for it because of him. So that's why I went for the CRF was basically because of Austin mm. Vince. Yeah. He's a great guy, Austin, isn't he? He's a, he's a character. You're very similar. He You're is very am- similar to, to Austin. <laughs> Funny story. I know it's, I know, I know it'll be quick. But he actually, um, he, I think he, he wanted me to go around the world on his, in his overalls. 
And then I literally would have been <laughs> a mini Austin Vince. Um, but sadly, yeah, they weren't waterproof. And I, need, I, I needed some like Gore-Tex waterproof stuff. Like, <laughs> so I didn't in the end. But he was very upset. And I thought, and Austin, if you watch this, yeah, I'm sorry. But he, he is an amazing guy. And he was so helpful. He was awesome. He's a great guy. Great guy. And Lewis as well. I mean, you've, you've got sort of the creme de la creme of, of overland travel between him and his wife. <laughs> mm. Right. Um, exactly. Next one, Scott Doby. When you're able, top five places yet to see or go back to. Oh. Did you get? Did you get that? Okay. Yep, I got that. That's perfect. Okay, right. so when we're able to top five places uh, to go back to, we'll see again. Um, well, yeah, hundred percent South America as a continent. I can't wait to get back there. That was absolutely amazing. Um, to be fair, that's like, that's like, yeah, and as Japan, Japan, I've never been there, but I've always wanted to go to Japan. That's really up there. Um, and I'm, I'm just excited to see my bike again. I'm, I miss, I miss my little, my little Honda. <laughs> I it's bet just you are. the greatest. Yeah, I and, bet you are, man. And, you know, I mean, and Pakistan as a country is just incredible. Um, so yeah, I can't wait to get back to, the, back to my Honda. I really want to get to Japan. I'm so excited for that. And, and South, South America as a continent. Yeah. Um, so yeah, Peru, Colombia, Brazil, those three in particular, I can't wait to get back to you. Because um, obviously when I did it before, it was awesome. on a little local 125 bike. Yeah. But this time on a 250, you know, on, on my bike, it's going to be, oh, it's going to be awesome. What, what about you? What about you, yeah. Bruce? I think um, I would like to, there's still so many places I would like to see. Like I, I want to, I really want to see Nepal. I want to see India. Um, Pakistan I'd love to do the stands you know Uzbekistan Tajikistan uh, Kurdistan I'd love to do all them and um, I think that if, well, with five countries it would be the stands all the way to Nepal and places like Mongolia you know I really wanted to see Mongolia but I couldn't on my trip I snapped the frame f for like the fourth time crossing uh, Russia and it was literally a day from the border with Mongolia. You know, I was, I was just outside Ulanuda and <sighs> and I was, you know, a couple of, well, a day's ride outside of Ulanuda, you turn right and head south down to Mongolia. And I'd just left Ulanuda and I snapped the frame and I was just like, ah, oh, maybe it's not a good idea to take a sports bike somewhere where there's no roads when it's got a broken back. So I was like, oh, I'm going to have to make the decision to keep going here. So oh my. that's Wait, what I did. I'm I've got one for you. Okay. Go on. So you want to do this? You want to do the stands and Mongolia mm -hmm. when the world's back to normal? What, what 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 would be your choice of bike? What bike would you take? Do you know? If you if I if I give you ten seconds to give it a, a bike, is that is that enough time? She's a bike yeah. in ten seconds. Uh, uh, okay. Uh, on a spot like that, S thousand dollar. S thousand dollar. BMW S thousand dollar. Seriously, that's the bike you would take. Yeah. To the stands. Yeah. yeah. You're, you're amazing. You're epic. <laughs> you know, Roxy, do you, do you know um, Roxy, Round the World Roxy? I actually met her. Yeah, you met her. You met her at the Overland event. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, she's done it on the Fireblade, on an old Fireblade, a 1999 Fireblade. And, um, you know, I, I, she's got the same attitude that I have that it can be done, so let's go for it. And I, I, like, yeah. I like the fact you get that reaction off of people going, on what? But... I quite like that. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Because it's funny because it actually any bike can do it. Absolutely. We've just been ingrained. We've been ingrained to think that 
you can't do it on any bike. It has to be an adventure bike. Um, yeah. Exactly. yeah, you're true. And anyway, I'm, I'm yeah. not. I'm not a big, I'm not an, an overland expert. No, not an overland. I'm not an off-road expert, you know. So even if I did it on a CRF 250, I still wouldn't be careering down the tracks because I don't I don't know how to ride off-road. So whether I do it on an off-road bike or I do it on a sports bike, I'm still going to be riding like a, you know, a new baby, a newborn baby deer. You know, I'm, I'm going to be sort of tentatively working my way down there. So what difference does it make? So... And, and I was always told, Jack Lucasen said to me, take whatever bike makes you smile. And by God, the S1000RR makes me smile. So. Is, he, is he the guy who's, who's got the, is it the R1 he's building for the for the Arctic? For the North Pole, yeah. 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 He, he's like, he was, him and Nick Sanders are the two sort of originals to do it on sports bikes. They did it on Fireblades. They've done it on R1s ind- individually. Um yeah, both amazing characters. I'd love to get Nick on here, actually, did you, did and, you, and Jack. Yeah. Did you speak to them before your trip? Or yeah, did you I, find I, out I spoke, afterwards? I spoke with Jack quite a bit. I saw him at a Horizons Unlimited event and, and got quite drunk with Jack. And Nick, I'd, um, I never really got a chance to chat with him. I went to see him a few times at like the NEC events and stuff, but never really got a chance to chat with him one-on-one. But with Jack, I did. And then, um, yeah, Jacques basically just went, look, take, take whatever bike makes you smile because that's all you're going to have. So just take the bike that you like. And it was like, well, I'll take my Jixxer. That was it. But anyway, enough about me. Um, <laughs> right, Angad Singh, to both, one place where you could live forever without being able to travel out. Well, we did that didn't, earlier, didn't we? Yeah. You basically said Colombia, South, South America. America. And, uh, Colombia, I Brazil. Yeah. I'd be Norway or Japan. Oh, you've frozen again. Oh, you're back. You're back in a row. I can hear you. I can hear you. All cool. good. Right. Next one. John Broadhurst. Ah, it's the bin boys. Good afternoon, gents. Question for both. Which country were you worried about most? I mean, proper arse, arse pulsating twitch, but then blown away by the kindness of the people. Ah, uh, it's, it's like, it's actually, he's like, it's, the question's been made with the answer in mind. <laughs> he, he obviously know he obviously knows the answer will be Iran. I mean, that's just like literally it. I remember getting from Azerbaijan before I got to the border, being terrified. It was the only border crossing I was scared to do. Uh, and I remember being, the, I remember getting to the border, being so scared. And <clears throat> the funny thing with getting to Iran was I had to, I had only until midnight that night to enter Iran. Otherwise, the visa expired and I had to start all over again. I had to fly back to England, get a new visa, blah, blah, blah. So I had to get there by midnight. I arrived at the border of Azerbaijan to leave Azerbaijan. Got there and the border was, it was like 10 p.m. The border was closed. And I was like, no, this can't be happening. If I don't get into Iran by midnight in two hours, I'm screwed. And they said, I'm sorry, we can't let you in. So I always carry a a packet of cigarettes with me everywhere I go. And I was handing out cigarettes to the um, the border guards. I was chatting with them. Blah, blah, blah. After like 10, 50 minutes, they said, okay, we'll make a call. So they called the the border boss. And he came from his house. He was in bed. He came from his home, opened the border for me, the international border. He opened it up for me, processed my visa, passport, whatever, and let me go through. And I was like, Fantastic. this is amazing. I get to Iran. 
it's deserted. You, you cross this little bridge and you sort of cry in your cr- it's, it's a very surreal feeling. I'm going from Azerbaijan to Iran. This is insane. It's mm. like a little pontoon bridge from that Second World War. Yeah. I get to Iran and I can see the uniforms a different colour to the where I've just been. And I'm thinking, this is it. I'm, 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 I'm heading there. This is amazing. And I get there and they were so friendly. As soon as I got into Iran, I was like, they made you feel so welcome. They said, oh, have you, you know, have you got any, you know, because I was really worried about the, about a drone. Mm. And they opened up the pannier and said, have you got a drone or anything? I said, no, no, no. Um, and they literally just opened up the lid. Didn't even look inside, just looked to the top level. So if anyone's mm. going to Iran, this is what they do. There's, they looked to the top, le- they looked to the top level of, of, of stuff. And it had like all like my my little Krieger pouches. Each one's labelled, and it says like closed, miscellaneous hard drives. Ever they looked at it, they thought, "Cool, close the lid." That was Drone. it. That was the check. <laughs> <laughs> Literally, <laughs> that would have been. Imagine that would have been brilliant. <laughs> So, so yeah, they just let me do through, and then and um, I went through, and the the guy who processes the car name, he was a, he was he'd left already for the day, he'd gone to sleep, so they called him up and said, "Don't worry, we'll sort you out." Um, and uh, they called him up. He came from his bed as well, like the guy from Azerbaijan came from his bed to process my car name to let wow. me through. It was amazing, and uh, even funnier was the I can oh no, you frozen. Can no, you I can see you. I can see you. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Even though I can, I can admit this. Now that I've left Iran, I can finally admit this. But with to go to Iran as a British passport holder, you can't go. They won't let you in unless you pay like three, four thousand pounds for a guide mm. who takes you through the country in like three days. Awful. But with an Irish passport, because my mum's from Belfast, from Northern Ireland, even Lovely though it's days. Northern Ireland. Yeah, yeah. I was able to apply for a Southern Irish passport, which is, makes no sense, but I'm not complaining. So I was able to get there and I arrived and they, they, they said, oh, where are you from? I said, oh, I'm from London. And, I, and this is the Iran border. Oh, and they said, oh, but your passport's me. Irish. Oh, I, can I, was hear like, you, I can hear you. Oh my gosh, you idiot. All the effort you've gone through to get an Irish passport. And as soon as you've arrived, you've forgotten your story and said you're from England. You idiot. So no. they were like, but it says your passport's, your passport's from Ireland. And I said, oh, crap. Um, sorry, uh, I'm half asleep because I literally was half asleep. I was like, yep, yeah, yeah, you're right. Well, yeah. I'm, I've come from London, but I was born in, in Belfast. And they said, Belfast, isn't yeah. that Northern Ireland? I'm thinking, how do these uh-huh. guards know these things? They're incredible. They're so smart. <laughs> and I said, you know what? Internet. Sorry, sorry yeah. my mistake. I was born in Dublin, Southern Ireland, but I moved to Belfast when I was a child. Yes. Um, and that's, that, you know, so I, I tell people I'm from Belfast, but really I'm from Dublin. They're like, oh, okay, but your bike is from London. I said, yeah, so I was born in Dublin, but I moved to Belfast when I was a child. Then I came to London to get the bike because it was cheaper, and then I left. And they're, the, the story sounds so made up, but they're yeah, like, yeah, yeah. okay, and they stamped it. Yeah, they didn't care. Box. They just let me through. It was great. <laughs> it was awesome. So I almost, I almost blew it, but luckily I made it into Iran. So yeah, Fantastic. and the people were amazing, amazing. Oh, that's awesome to hear, man. Oh, I would love to go. And, and you were saying earlier about Syria. I would love. To, I know not now, but it's such a shame because I was told before all the trouble started, Syria was one of the most beautiful places out there, and the people were so nice, so friendly. It was on my list of places to go, but obviously now is just nothing there anymore. Yeah. Um, 
I think for me, Russia. Russia was the biggest surprise for me. It, it, I was expecting it to be like very cold, very hostile, not to be liked there. And it was literally just going to be a transient part for me, just get across it. And the Russians were so friendly, so friendly and welcoming and nice. And yeah, I, lo- I loved it. I genuinely loved my time in Russia. How was the border crossing into Russia? Was it a, was it a tough one? No, no problem at all. I, I came from Ukraine into um, from Ukraine into Russia. They were really helpful. I remember the the police guy actually came out his box and he helped me fill in the form, told me what to fill in, and it sp- he spoke English. He was fine, no problems at all, <sighs> absolutely none, no drama. And I, I remember I sort of I've got I got into Russia and I, and it was coming in towards evening, so I rode for another couple of hours and then I camped wild, just you know in the woods basically that night and realised that's the worst thing to do in Russia is to camp in long grass in woods because I got destroyed by the mosquitoes destroyed by them the mozzies in Russia are like an inch long they're huge honestly like I, I would I would put my tent up in full kit helmet on leathers gloves i put the tent everything up in, the, in 40 degree heat did you, did you have put, one of those those head nets you can put yes. on so it's like yeah. a with it with it with a sass with the special forces <laughs> hat yeah i had all that oh yeah <laughs> right last patron question last one roger white today we live in a different world a restriction on travel and adventure but is it give me the three top roads that you've traveled on in the uk which you would love to ride again oh that's a good one roger three oh. best roads in the uk for riding See, I'm, I'm, I'm the worst person to ask because uh, only until last year when I got the Himalayan that I actually explored my own country for the first time. Um, and when I did Cornwall, Devon, people kept telling me because the, the plan was to do, was Land's End to John O'Groats. Mm-hmm. But because because I destroyed the Himalayan uh, mid, mid-trip, I didn't quite manage to, to complete my trip. Um, so that's another trip. It seems to be a recurring theme with trips I have to finish. Um, so I've still, I've still got to finish the, the Land's End to General Grace. Um, but people kept telling me all these routes to do. They said, oh, the NC... The NC500, is it? In Scotland? Yeah, apparently, Scotland. Apparently, is it, apparently, apparently, I want to do that. Um, so mm-hmm. some, a place called Apple, Apple, Apple Tree Cross. or Apple Cross. Apple Cross, that's it. Yeah, do the driver's uh, path up there. All these places I had to go and see. Um, but I have to admit, the one place for riding, uh, I don't know I don't know what it's called, but it's in the Lake District. Mm-hmm. Um, the Lake District is just, I mean, all my life, Beautiful. I've li- never been there until recently. It's amazing. And there's yeah. this place, the, De- the Devil's Bridge, outside of Kirby Lonsdale, where all the bikers meet up um, uh-huh. every weekend. And the, the passes from there are just spectacular. Um, that's why I... I want to take my triumph there, but obviously I can't with lockdown. But um, hit the that's road as soon back, as back to the lakes. As soon as it's all clear, yeah, hit the road. What about you, Bruce? You need to give me some tips for when the world reopens Top again. Three. I mean, the North Coast 500 is a must-do. Yeah, you, if you're a biker, you, you've got to do the North Coast 500. But that's a that's a collection of loads of different roads, individual roads. Um, there's one. There's a place called Elandonning Castle in Scotland. Have you ever seen it? Famous, famous castle. It's where you know the film Highlander. Wait, yeah, is is it the castle that's in the water? 
Yeah, it's got a little bridge that goes over to it. Yeah, yeah. So that's called yeah, yeah, yeah. Donning Castle. Now there's a road. You follow that main road there. There's a road that runs west to east. There's a turning off of that. Uh, I think it's a little bit. Can't remember if it's east or west of Donning, but there's a road that heads north off of that, and that that road basically takes you north eventually all the way up the west coast up to the, the top that is a stunning stunning bit of the road that's a bit of the north coast 500 that's 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 good oh right um god there's so many in wales i've, I've i did that that uh, little big adventure with a couple of other youtubers with richie vida and, and mr fish we did them on 125 cc's recently and um roger was some of the w- w- Roger and his boy and a couple of other lads came and met us on day three and showed us some beautiful roads in Wales. So Wales has got loads of cracking roads. Um, God, there's so many. There really are so many in the UK. Scotland is full of cracking biking roads, but I'd say that. Lake District, yeah. Peak District. <laughs> Honestly, there's so many. I can't I can't limit it to, to three, to my top three. Um I'd say areas for me, Scotland, Scotland, lakes, and Wales. That's my three top biking places in the UK. So, wait, so, right. so have you got a little? Have you got a little um, like a, a biking crew that you you head off then with a, a little rides? Well, I mean, I've, I've got all, all my normal mates that that whenever I can, I'll get out riding with, and then. On YouTube, I mean, you, social media just opens opens everything up, doesn't it? So, I like to meet up with with people that get in touch and go, oh, you know, you need to come and ride this road and that road, and that's my aim. Eventually, once once the country opens up, is to be able to to just travel around the UK and in Ireland and and just you know meet people through social media and go and ride their roads. That's that's what I want to do with with Teapot, basically. So. Yeah, but yeah, only only because I um, this this is going to sound so sad and desperate. Basically, none of my mate, none of my mates are into bikes. No one ride, no one rides bikes. Seriously, I honestly, no one. I mean, biking doesn't seem to be a thing anymore your, with with young younger people. Has your camera um, just beeped? I thought I thought I just heard a, a GoPro beep. Oh, uh, no, no, it's all good. It's still recording. Awesome. It's still good. So is, is so it then, not, is yeah, a lot of them not riding? It, well, maybe it's just this area. I don't know, but no one's into biking. No one loves riding. It's rubbish. So, but this is basically like a this is a very desperate appeal to anyone watching this. So, I, so I live. I live in. Should I say where? Okay, I live uh, close to Watford, which is like north west London. Um, I live sort of close to Watford, Rickmansworth, that region um in Hertfordshire so if anyone's local to there and wants to go for a ride please let me know because I want to go for a ride uh, it'd be so nice to have a you know a nice you know group of people to ride with because no one in my area rides bikes no one um well you're going to be inundated now there'll be loads of people that do I, I'm only I in really Kent ha- mate I'm only I used to live in Watford but me and my wife wait we, you're joking no no in Watford yeah yeah, we used to, I used to live. I used to live um, Garfield Road in Watford. My, my wife had a flat there. So, no um, way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And now I'm only we, in, I'm only in we, Kent. We, deli- so. we need to live around there. That's so funny. Yeah. That's well, amazing. Yeah, we'll, we'll meet up and we'll go for a ride. But I'm sure yes, there'll be yes, loads of people awesome. out there that will do it. 
Right, Sweet. well, let's crack on with the uh, Instagram. That's all the Patreon oh, yeah. ones done. We've got to oh, try and get... We've been going two and a half hours, so we need to wrap up, but we'll do a couple oh, of the uh, Instagram questions. So, Teapot yeah, One yeah. Insta, at Teapot One Insta. First one, ah, from Mr. Fish, from official Mr. Fish. What oh, keeps Mr. you so Fish. positive, and where the fuck have you been? <laughs> So what keeps you with that really positive attitude that you have? Um, oh, good question. Um, well, I mean, I think... Sugar. <laughs> <laughs> so people always, people always ask me, they, I think after my, after my crash, it sounds really cliche, but after my crash and, you know, when the police said it could have been a lot, you know, we were all lucky to be alive. It really makes you put things into perspective. Mm-hmm. And you appreciate things so much more. So ever since then, I've always really appreciated every single moment because it's like a second chance. Um, and also, when I was on my trip, whenever things got difficult, I always remember that I'm literally, like, this is what I've worked so hard for. Because people, loads of people thought yeah. that I'd yeah. been given, like, the money or the whatever for my trip. That was not the case. I literally had to work for everything myself. And I was working like two, three jobs mm-hmm. to save up just to do the trip. Mm-hmm. Working like 20 hours a day with like no sleep. So because I've worked so hard for it, when I got on the road, I made, I, you know, you appreciate it so much more. So Absolutely. whenever things got tough, I'd always remember, okay, no, I've worked hard for this. And that's what kept me going. Um, you know, see that, yeah, that, that was, I think, I think it was because I'd worked so hard for it. That's why I appreciate it so much more. So I Probably. always try to keep positive. Um, and I think when you're, if you're positive, it rubs off on other people. So then Absolutely. they'll then be friendly to you because they, they, they feel it, your energy. Um, and it, and honestly, it, it has worked because every single person I met on my trip, every country was amazing. Never met a single bad person ever over all those years. Um, so clearly it, it obviously works. Um, Absolutely yeah, does. I get yeah, all yeah. the time. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. There's a, a oh, I've, I've covered this in the, I've covered this in the podcast before, and I've forgotten the name of it. There's a term, it's called in, in conflict resolution. We we get taught about it in the same we. When I was in the old bill, we used to get taught about it. Is it Polaris's box or something? So it's basically your your attitude affects my attitude, which affects your attitude, which affects my attitude. You know, it's it's a cyclical thing, isn't it? So what you're saying there about about approaching everything with a positive attitude, it does rub off on people. It absolutely does rub. Obviously, there, there may be times when <laughs> that will get tested, but it's worked for you so far. You know, the issues you had in Iran and all these places, it's worked out, hasn't it? Oh, you've frozen. Oh, right there. Yes, right. yes, yes. Oh, good. Um, yes. Right. Next question. The Mad Leprechaun. How do you plan your route? <laughs> well, we've, we've kind of covered this already. I basically plan it yeah, depending no, on don't. <laughs> people who message me on the, online. I don't. I don't plan it. Like I, my, my, I was work. I ended up working. Love I was it. working at Waitrose and, and I was working for Apple. Um, right up until the point when I left England in 2017. Are you an Apple and genius? My, well, I mean. Stop it! I mean, I don't want to brag, but I'm a key worker. worker. Wow! And did you? I know. I'm a catch. Honestly, if they are, oh my word! Wait, Bruce, hold on a sec. This is a this is an appeal. So, if there's any female bikers out there, 
who this isn't tinder <laughs> who want to be with a genius and a key worker a hero I mean, what effectively a, a hero basically a hero then, with, with his own bike and a really cool ja- uh, jacket so yeah <laughs> done that's it that's my appeal done that's it done anyway back to um back to the serious the serious stuff um what was i, I can't even remember what the question was something yeah. about that was it yeah I'll, I'll end up i was working right up until the end and my plan was to plan a route before i left because i worked until the end i didn't have time so i thought right when i get on the ferry from dover to calais i'll sit on the ferry and i'll plan my route out but i got on the fe- i got on the ferry at calais at uh, dover and i just passed out I, I, had, I literally got on the ferry had a beer passed out woke up a few hours later was in calais i was like crap like i've got to leave i haven't planned my route <laughs> Where do I go? so i literally so i literally just headed south ish and um <laughs> Basically, from there, I basically just basically plan my route depending on where I got messages. So, I got a call from someone saying, "Come to Northern Italy." I was like, "Sweet, I, I will." Got uh, then headed south to Italy. I then got a call saying, "Come to Switzerland." I was like, "Well, that's the wrong direction. I'm in southern Italy." So I turned around, went back up to Switzerland, stayed with a guy there. He said, "He says, where are you going next?" I said, oh, "I'm going to east towards Istanbul." He says, "No, no, you've got to meet my friend Billy in the Nurburgring in Germany." And I was like, the Nürburgring, I've never heard of it, but I pretended I'd heard of it because I was trying to be cool. You've never so heard like, of the Nürburgring? I, ne- I never heard of it, no. <laughs> so I was like, okay, cool, I'll go there. So I, instead of heading east, I headed north. Yeah. Ended up at the Nürburgring and met Billy and his family and had the most incredible time. I ended up spending like a month and a half there Jeez. at the Nürburgring getting laps in these supercars with him because obviously he has friends all around the ring and I was getting laps in these amazing cars. It was just incredible. I loved it. Wow. Um, and then and then I got a message online from someone in Amsterdam, completely the wrong direction, even further north, saying, hey, come and stay with us. We've seen your TV interview. We'd love to service your bike. I was like, cool. So I headed north, went to Amsterdam, got the bike service and it just went, it got worse and worse. I was heading completely the wrong direction. And eventually, I headed east. Eventually, but it took me quite a, quite a long time, and it was great. I loved it. What would you what What would you have done if you got a message off somebody saying, "Come and stay, come and meet me," and they were from Watford? <laughs> would you have gone back? <laughs> <laughs> Hi, mom. Hi, dad. I mean, it depends. <laughs> it depends. If they'd been like a, it depends, right. if they'd been like a really cute, like a cute biker chick, then I'd be like, "I'll receive. I'll see you in five minutes." But um, you know, it, yeah, you know, I'm, I'm flexible. No, I don't, I don't. I'll go wherever. Oh, there's so much I could say. Um, right, next one. Uh, well, we kind of covered this, Mr. Jonathan Powell. Oh my gosh. Is he riding? Yeah, that was a bad. That was a bad. That was a bad thing to say. I'll be using that. <laughs> okay, um, I take that back. I'm not flexible. I'm. Anyway, move, move on, move on, move on. Are you riding the Honda or the Royal Enfield more nowadays? Well, the, Hon- the Honda's still in Pakistan and the Enfield you broke, didn't you? Yeah, the Honda's in Pakistan, Enfield's broken. Um, I still love the Himalayan, but now my bike is now the Triumph Bonneville. The Triumph. There you go, yes. gosh. Right, next one. Esanranj uh, Bari Q. Oh, yeah, Esan. Es, apologies, apologies, my pronunciation here. Esan Ranj Bari. Question Tell his experience of being Iran and did he finally get the dance courses? Wait, I'll, I'll see, I'll see what the. Yeah, I'll see what the actual name is. Oh, Esan Ranj Bari. He's, I, feel like uh, I, this, I feel like I met this guy. 
I think um, you have. I think you have, Nathan. Um, it's so hard because you, you know, you know, you know, it's like know. you meet like a thousand people every day. Yeah, mate. I know. Um, yeah. But I mean, Iran Did, was just yeah. I mean, Iran what's, was. What's the dance courses all about? Dance lessons. I don't know what. <laughs> did I did I get did I get drunk once maybe and no way no you and dance and dance awfully. It's all I like sugar. I did. <clears throat> Although saying that the at the um at the Overland event, oh gosh, I, I don't think I can ever go back to one of those events. I was I've not drank that much. I've not drank that much boozy. in years. And it's all proper in, ale I, as well, isn't it? It was incredible and. The next day, those sidecar guys, yeah. oh, they're bad guys. They decided <laughs> to get me on their interview, uh, like a two-minute interview, the next day on the final night, after yeah. the final night. I don't remember. I have, a, I have no clue what I said in the interview because that was just... <laughs> and then and I, I, ended up, I ended up having a nice chat with Steph Jevons and yeah. and I was just completely, like, it was oh, it was just, it was awful, but it was amazing. It was amazing. But, Steph's uh, lovely, isn't she? She's nice. Oh, she is my favourite person. She's awesome. The sidecar guys, <laughs> Steph yeah. Jevons, Elspeth, all those guys who were there, they were just all amazing. Oh. I, I love the Overland event. I, I, it's just such a friendly place. I, I really enjoy it. I was gutted I couldn't make this one. Yeah. It is my, hopefully it's there'll be, my favourite thing. Hopefully there'll be another one in February, I think. They're doing a oh, winter warmer. Yeah. I'm, I'm booked into that one, actually. Are you, are you going as well? I, I'll, I'll, I don't know if I'm... I haven't been asked to present or anything. Um, I sort of had to pull out of the, the August or September overland at, at short notice. Yeah. So I don't, I don't know if I'm, if I'm being asked back as a presenter. But if I can, I'll be there as a punter. Yeah, Definitely. yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm, yeah I'm, I'm just going as a regular... As a regular person, you know, not as a big celebrity like you, Bruce, you big star. I'm yesterday's news. You're the future. You're the future. God help us. Oh, stop it. <laughs> right, second last one. Oh, wait, wait, before we go, I'm, I'm, I'm about to explode. Give me a second. I'll be going for a leak. My seal is gone. It's your third one. I know, my, honestly. These, these youngsters. These, these alcohol, youngsters. These, al- these alcohol free. Oh, they're awful. <laughs> I noticed it slowed you down. Yeah, yeah. Oh, beautiful, beautiful. <laughs> Honestly, once you break the seal, you can concentrate. Oh my now. gosh! <sighs> I think that's it. I won't. I won't open any more. No more beers. That's it. I'm done. Well, we're nearly. We're nearly at three hours here. We'll do. Oh, we'll no. do. We'll do the last two questions on Instagram. Oh, no, a, lot, so a lot sad. of them we've we've covered already. Um, yeah, yeah. Well, let me have a little look. Actually, oh no, no, no. I'm lying. There's shed loads more on Instagram. I hadn't hit the plus <laughs> button. All right, we'll do we'll do a couple more questions. Um, okay, I'll be quick. I'll be really um, I'll be really quick. Right, Roy Roy dot Gunner. He says, uh, "Hope Ben's okay." And is the trip going to continue after COVID? Well, we've covered that. Yes, it's happening. Uh, yeah, Noddy nineteen fifty nine. From you, Roy. <laughs> Noddy nineteen fifty nine. Question from Australia. Started following King on the Road with great interest, YouTube, etc., then seemed to drop off the radar. Was this a conscious move, or have you just haven't got round to any updates? Cheers from Australia, Alan. Well, again, we, I think we covered Hello. that, didn't we? Yep, covered it. I, I was just, I'm, I'm awful. I'm, t- I'm too busy being a key worker, oh. feeding the nation. I just, I'll, I'll get round to it. <laughs> Thank God you're there, though, Ben. Thank God you're there. <laughs> 
Stop um, it, stop it. <laughs> ah, Eamon Fleming, great to hear you're still going and he loved your videos. Here's a question for you. How is the Honda, or how has the Honda been holding up? You haven't had any oh. issues with it, have you? So I was, I was amazing. So not I was. That sounds bad. Not I was. I was so lucky. The bike was amazing. That was a, yeah. that was a merge. <laughs> um, the uh, the whole from London to literally the whole journey. No issues with the bike. And then when I was in the Loop Desert, like the like third hottest desert in the world, apparently, I guess like fifty five. You know, I guess it's seventy degrees. It was fifty five when I was there. Wow. Crazy hot. Gets Less to degrees seventy Celsius. degrees. Yeah, apparently it has in the past been to 70 degrees, which is just... Oh, my God. It was about 55 when I was there. Wow. Celsius. And, but after like 30, 40 degrees, everything just feels the same. It's just normal. But, yeah, but um, yeah. it was so hot that it melted um, the seal of the, around the fuel um, the fuel tank, by, by the fuel pump at the bottom. Um, and I didn't, I hadn't stuck with the original mm. tank, which is only seven litres. I put on an aftermarket IMS tank that was like 14 litres or so, which basically uh-huh. doubles the capacity. Um, and, and it just it couldn't, handle, couldn't handle it. But funny enough, I'd actually got... It, it, this happened first in Albania, when I was crossing from Albania to oh, from, from Albania to Greece. And the seal, I was riding loud down this little road and this guy pulls up next to me on his bike and he's like pointing at me like... And I'm like, what are you doing? Are you like dancing or is this sign language? I had no idea what he was saying, and then I finally figured out that he was pointing at my thing was spewing out fuel. So I pulled over, took it apart, and he managed to reseal it. Oh, you know, this, this is actually, this is cool. This is cool. So I pulled over at a farmhouse, and um, and I was like, right, I need to get it sorted. And as I looked, I looked at the farmhouse, and there was a British license plate, like Volkswagen, parked inside this farmhouse in Albania. I'm thinking, this is a bit dodgy. Clearly some people have stolen this car. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. I get over and I said, explain to these guys, these, these mechanics, what's going on. And uh, we took it all apart and they appear with a, a, se- a packet with a seal in it. And uh, this seal, which is for some car part, it fit my custom IMS tank perfectly. Wow. And we put it on and it fit like a glove. And I was like, what are the chances? And I was, <laughs> I was filming this all and they were like, no, 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 yeah, no, yeah. no, no, no filming. So clearly they were so dodgy, but I don't care because it was great. So they fixed my bike that, and, and we've seen that that worked. That lasted all the way from Albania through about a year or so till Iran. And then obviously in Iran, it was so hot that it just destroyed the seal again. And uh, just had enough. Yeah, managed to get that, that managed to get that um, fixed. But, but apart from that, that was the only issue I had. And it was really funny. We, we couldn't get to, in Iran. We tried to take the the bracket out that attaches to the fuel tank and the bolt was stuck. We couldn't get the, the fourth bolt out. Other three were fine. And then this guy, this guy appears in this little town in Iran in some little, in to close to the Pakistan border. He appears with an angle grinder uh-huh. and he's like, don't worry, I'll angle grind it off. And I'm like, what? Like with the sparks, but with the fuel tank, with are you fuel, crazy? Yeah. And he's like, no, it's no problem. He said, if I, if I get it off, then great. If I don't get it off and it explodes, then your trip is over. I was like, okay, <laughs> thanks. Let's go. So he, he was like, up to you. I was like, go for it. So we went for it. And actually it worked, obviously, because I'm still alive. I stole you. And, and what was crazy is as he was doing it, all these like like 20 kids and all the, 
mechanics are all crowding around. I'm the only one who stood far away in case yeah, it yeah. explodes. No one else seemed to care. I was like, <laughs> what these guys are like incredible. They, they Different feel life, us. isn't it? And there's, and there's me behind filming. But anyway, that was it. So that was the only issue. If I hadn't changed the fuel tank, I've had no issues at all. Um, so yeah, the bike honestly was amazing. It was awesome. Brilliant. Brilliant. It's amazing what, what like modern bikes put up with, isn't it? You know, people are always worried, but you know, like, man, yeah. personally, I had no mechanical issue apart from the frame, the, the subframe. Yeah. I had no problems with the engine at all. And, you know, it's just one of those things, isn't it? It's great. But like you said, if you do have an issue, people help, and that opens up other they avenues. Do. That so, is the best. When things break, that's when the best stories happen. Absolutely. I, I like things 100%. breaking. 100%. Yeah. When, it, when things break or you get lost, that, that's you run out of fuel, that's the best time, isn't it? Because the adventure starts. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Right. Next one. Russell Tullett. For both of you, what's the piece of info or advice you'd have liked to have, you'd like to hear or know before you left on your trip? So one bit of advice you wish you'd been given before you went on your trip. You know what? Actually, I don't think, because I basically didn't do what anyone said, which was planet and whatever. I didn't do any of that. I just went, and actually that was probably the best thing. So actually what I would say would be the reverse. I would say, don't listen to anyone when they give you advice and just do your, and do your own thing. Because I remember Mm. when I, before I left, I had people saying I was leaving. I had a tank bag on my on the tank, and I had a backpack. This this Krieger one that's I've still got, which is amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I had it on my back. Actually, I'm pretty sure you used to ride with the backpack as well. So you're I cool. still I still do every every day. Yeah, and everyone and and people used to say, yeah, people would say to us, um, "Oh yeah, I'll do I'll do the same there, Bruce." Just so uh, you know, bit of branding for yeah, not branding sponsored by Krieger the, in the slightest. <laughs> 150 quid, and, I think um, that was. <laughs> yeah. Bargain. And uh, I think, yeah, I think it was like 100 or so. Yeah, yeah I'm, not, I'm, not as, I'm not as rich as Bruce. Crack it, kind of what he's won. And because um, uh, YouTube is. Whew. Oh, yeah, and uh, they've got Ferrari saying, outside um, and everything, yeah. <laughs> Literally, have you seen his Lamborghini? It's incredible. Oh, my <laughs> word. Um, um, yeah, so before I left, everyone was saying, oh, my word, you're an idiot. Why would you ride with the backpack on? Your back's going to be destroyed. Trust me, you'll get rid of that so quick. Oh, Same thing again. with the tank bag. Oh, that tank bag will get in the way. Useless. And all these, and these are these, some people actually. These some people said this who travelled before. Mm. Others hadn't travelled at all. So you know, you get a mix. Um, and honestly, it, it for me it was great. So what I realised is actually don't listen to anyone. People who travelled before, people who haven't travelled before, do do what works for you. Um, yeah. So yeah, that's great that's advice. It. What about that you? That is great advice. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Like. I think you, you, it depends what type of person you are, though, isn't it? Because I think you have to, you have to be a certain type of person in order to in order to set off and do a trip like this to actually do it oh, around the world. Yeah. Trip. You have you have to be a certain type of person. But within that, there are all sorts of people. There's people that like to plan everything, like to know you know every stage of the journey and then there's a polar opposite people like yourself who just literally go where the wind takes you and you know that's that's the beauty of it isn't it is that just what do you want from your trip that's what you need to figure out is you know do you want to cover a set distance in a set time to say i've been around the world or do you actually want to meet the people do you want to enjoy the countries do you want to get everything you can out of it just depends what you want that's exactly 
That is exactly it. I hate, I don't want to admit it's quick, but basically, when I set off, I remember everyone was saying, I, I was like, I, literally, that's, those words, I'll make this quick, that is literally just, that never happens, does it? I love how you're, I love how you're just, how you're just laughing, because you know that it's not going to happen. Anyway, this is the last I'll question, by the way, because we're nearly at the three hour mark. Oh, sweet, sorry, sweet. And um, I remember um, when I set off, obviously, someone, as I was planning the trip, because um, basically, I, I did the trip, when I came back to England from South America, one of my close friends passed away, her name was India, and, I, and she was super young, only 21, 22, and she had uh, obstetric clients. So I wanted to do the trip in memory of her by riding from London to India to raise money and awareness for this charity. Nice. Um, and that was the whole goal of the trip. And then as I sort of started planning it, someone said, oh, well, have you, why do you try and get this record? And I didn't know there was a record to try and become the youngest person blah, 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 to go around the world solo. And uh, and yeah, I am. Um, Honestly, I don't have a clue what I, why, why I said this. I'm sure there's a reason, but anyway, um, yeah, that was that was that was the plan, and uh, I could have I easily have raced. Oh, I think I remember it. I think I remember it. Um, so obviously, I had like four years to do, it, which is plenty of time. Most people do it in like a year, um, and I quickly realised actually I, I, that was it. I got disqualified from the Guinness World Record attempt because I spent too long in one place. You can't spend more than two weeks in one place. You've got to be constantly moving. Oh, wow. um, and I spent I spent like more than two weeks in pretty much every place I went. Yeah. <laughs> and, yeah, yeah. and I remember getting messages on I remember getting messages on the internet before I left from people saying, Don't you know, this is a once in a lifetime opportunity, don't waste it. Don't race around the world just to get your name in a book. Yeah. And I was saying, What what do you mean? Like I don't, and then I then I, when I got on the road, I quickly realized what they meant. Because you know, some people for them that is the goal, is to get their that record, which will then be beaten by someone else in a yeah. month's time. But that and it's so hard not getting caught up in that moment and i remember when i got to the pakistan uh iran border i met an italian guy he was like 50 60 years old on a bmw gs um his whole dream since he was a kid had been to ride around the world and when i met him i'd been on the road for about a year and a half about 18 months when i met him he left i think like a week or two prior he had taken him like literally a few weeks to get from Italy, wow. from Milan, where he was from, to the Iran. And I was like, what the heck? Like in two weeks, you've done what I've done in a year and a half. Like that's insane. Mm -hmm. But he was happy because for him, that was all that he was cared about journey, was doing yeah. the world trip. That was his journey. And everyone, as you said, everyone's so different. Um, and it was, yeah, so I'm so glad that I took my time and didn't race around the world, you know, for, for the wrong reasons and did it slowly and, and saw it. And so, yeah, as you say, it's, yeah, it's everyone's, everyone's got a different goal of what they want to get out of their trip. Absolutely. Um, and I'm so glad I realized that, you know, not too late and actually appreciated the trip. Definitely. I mean, you're, you're living, you're living people's dream here, you know, is not only traveling around the world, but you're, you're actually experiencing it and you're, you're living it, you're making the most out of it. It's awesome to see. And on a selfish note, it, it, just get the content up on YouTube because we, we want to share it. But I also understand that it takes a lot of effort, it takes a lot of time, and it's a big commitment once you start doing it, isn't it? And, and I, yeah. I understand, but get the videos up, man. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Right, dude, that's going to have to do us because I, th I think this will be the longest one yet. We're pretty much almost at three hours, almost to a minute now. Um, oh, my gosh. But, mate, it's been an absolute pleasure, Ben. I've loved mate, it. I've it's loved been it. awesome. Oh, my gosh. I wish gosh. we could do it face-to-face -face over a beer and um, hopefully yes. uh, the Overland will get that opportunity to. And now you freeze. Oh, now it's frozen again.
Are you there? Are you there? Oh no, you oh no, you oh, oh no, yeah, you you're froze. Back. You're back. <laughs> yes. Yeah. <Yes. laughs> um dude, before uh before we call it quits, is there is there anyone you want to give a shout out to? Is there anything you want to plug? Anything you want to say? Oh, have you got have you got an hour and a half? <laughs> <laughs> we'll have to do a part two. <laughs> um yeah, um anyway, um um, I mean, I mean, firstly, oh, <laughs> let's make this quick. <laughs> Famous last words. Um, <laughs> basically, everyone who supported me on my trip at the beginning, you know, you were all amazing. People who messaged me during the trip, and if I didn't reply to you, because people I haven't replied to for literally like a year or two, I, I'm not rude. I'm really sorry. I've just, it's been so overwhelming um, trying to work my way through, every, you know, so I'm really sorry if I haven't replied to you yet, but I promise I will get around to it at one point. Um, but honestly, I do I do see all your messages and I really appreciate everything. Um, so yeah, all the people who helped me out on the trip uh, before, you're amazing. Um, and yeah, if anyone yeah, if anyone wants to uh, work with this guy, then <laughs> send me a message. Yeah, um, and uh, yeah, shout out to uh, all my family because hopefully, I mean, my family definitely will not sit through this because <laughs> they get enough of me at home. So if they do watch this. Then, hey, family. Um, but yeah, so yeah, bikers get in touch. Um, let's go for a ride. Let's chillax and have have fun. But awesome. yeah, honestly, Bruce, it's been amazing. Honestly, so awesome, I've dude. not um, talked about my trip in. I haven't talked about my trip in like a year or so. So it's been wow. so nice to talk about it again and just to be back in like the adventure yeah, yeah, yeah. mode. Well, yeah, honestly, yeah, yeah. I'm so glad you got me on. I really appreciate oh, yeah. it. It made, oh, it's made me excited. It. And, and I promise I will get the videos out. Awesome. Yeah, yeah please, please do, man. It'd be great to see awesome. to see what you actually got up to, to put some visuals to it. Right, folks, um, as I said before, down in the video description or in the show notes if you listen to the podcast, uh, I'll have all the links to, to Ben's socials there. So make sure you give him a subscribe, a follow, a like, all of the rest of it. If you want to drop him a line, then again, though, probably best bet is just DM him through any of those social media. That's it. Down there, down there. Um, Ben, thank you very much for your uh, all the work you're doing and key worker status. Oh, stop it! You, oh. No way, it's my pleasure. It's a ple- It's my pleasure. Cool man, you look after yourself, <laughs> mate. Don't work too hard. Um, keep on smiling. I know you always will. Oh, but, um, yeah, let's make sure we we meet up. And, awesome, um, I will do. Man, it's been a pleasure. We'll either do the beer, or go for a ride, or um, whatever. Cool man, look after yourself, folks. I hope you've enjoyed this yes. one. Yes, um, awesome. You too. We are still in lockdown here in the UK, but I hope I hope uh, Ben's sort of positive attitude on life. I hope that rubs off a little bit on you because honestly, keep smiling. The whole mile, whole world will smile with you, folks. Look after those that you love. Keep on getting out there. Do your thing. Yes. But most importantly, most importantly, live your life. Woo ha! Dude, I'm sorry I cut it short, but. Awesome, you know, I man. Think, I think, I think we'll be pushing it with three hours as it is. 